0: What up? What up? This is something no about is podcast. I'm your host, Kyle, aka K Blaze. You can find me on Twitter at Mr. Terrific Two, mr Terrific Two, and I'm with my homie, my brother, my co-host, Golden, aka F R H. Where can they find you, bro?
1: And they can find me at F R H four one two on Instagram, Twitter, and all that good stuff. And you can find us at About Podcast. All right. Cool, man. So how you been? I've been pretty good, man. I can't complain. How you been, bro?
0: I'm making it, man. I'm just trying to get to this Christmas season. We're so close.
1: Yeah. I mean, this time of year is always weird for me because like, it's coming off my favorite holiday and it's going into the holiday that I hate the most.
0: See, so, it's kind of the opposite for me because I haven't spent um, Thanksgiving with my family in like seven or eight years because this, this is Amanda's holiday. Hey, bro, you are with your family. No, nah, it's not the same. You know, I haven't um, I haven't had Thanksgiving with, you know, my parents, my siblings, and like, you know, basically ever since I, me and Amanda started dating. And so this is Amanda's holiday. Christmas is my holiday. So, you know, I'm just trying to get to Christmas. And none of this has to do with the podcast.
1: The podcast that we reviewed... Hold up, 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 hold up. up. We are back. We are back doing what we are meant to do, which is do the valuable service of reviewing podcasts for you, the people. We know that there's a ton of podcasts out here in this universe, and y'all trying to understand which one is good, which one's worth your time, which one is worth your interest. Well, now, Brother Kyle is about to introduce the one that we are doing next go ahead brother you out here grandstanding and shit man yes I, I mean
0: i'm bringing it in just like we bring it in every other podcast but you just gotta be extra gotta be extra bro we
1: we needed some extra energy today bro for real
0: we'll find out <laughs> all right well the podcast that we reviewed this time is called death sex and money this is
1: death sex and money. Sin's dead, baby. The show from WNYC about the things we think about a lot. Do you know what it is to be a lover?
0: And need to talk about more.
1: The contract is null and void in the event of marital infidelity. You fuck around, she gets rich. I'm Anna Sale. When I initially saw the title of this podcast, I just was like, these are like the things that half our life is based on. Like, it gets Motivations. Yeah, real shit. That's exactly the point. The biggest motivations in our life are death, sex, and money.
0: Or avoiding death, you know, getting sex and money. Yeah. So death, sex, and money, um, the host is Anna Sale. Mainly what she does is she brings people on. She interviews them about different topics. She sometimes has uh, celebrities on or people that you may know. The episodes run about 30 minutes. Um, it's not broken into seasons like a lot of the other podcasts that we review. This one is actually comes out every Wednesday. But um for first impressions, man, what did you think?
1: Well, the first well, first of all, I, I chose this podcast and like instead of just like randomly just picking a name, I did give a little bit of listening, like uh as I was trying to choose podcast. Um and the first episode that I listened to um was one that we'll go through, but it's on cheating. And uh I listened to that first episode and I just was like, this might be the best podcast I've ever listened to. I just <laughs> I was like, this might be a ten out of ten. Like I was just vibing with it the whole time. Um I could tell that it was a podcast that jumped from topic to topic. Every, um, episode. I knew it wasn't like a serial or a continuous podcast where you had to like listen to a previous one to, to get the context or, or something like that. So I, I, I respected that from, from that perspective. Um, got some NPR ish kind of feels to it. Um, Based, based on the name, it kind of is what I thought it was going to be. Like, figured that they would choose different topics that were relevant to these issues. What about you? I don't know. When I heard the name
0: Death, Sex, and Money, I expected something a little more, uh, like, grandiose. I didn't expect what we got, though. I'll put it that way. I think
1: you maybe expected, like, a serial episode. Like, maybe... Nah. uh not nah, like, whenever... I listened to
0: the name again, and you say it. I could see how some people would expect a serial episode where, like, maybe different instances of—I don't know—these being motivations for someone to do something illegal or something like that. Like, oh, these are stories of death, sex, and money. You know, or it could have been one one story, like you
1: know, death, sex, and
0: money. Like the way it's packaged, like you said, is really NPR-ish, where it's um really just you know someone sitting down as an interviewer talking to other people about aspects of it, you know, I I guess I'm, I'm thinking it was going to be more like, I don't know, lip service meets Wolf of Wall Street meets, you know, something different. Okay, And it's
1: absolutely not that. Yeah. It seems like you were expecting more, something more along the terms of like a vice kind of, yeah, something, it's just something bigger. Because Vice, Vice would kind of like, if they tackled the, these objects, they would probably do it in that kind of way. Wolf we'll on Wall Street, lip service, you know what I mean? Whatever the other thing is. But yeah, I can dig it. Yeah. As far as actually
0: listening to it and um, my first impressions of what I heard, the first episode I listened to, just to pull back the curtain a little bit, me and Golden, for whatever the reason, we'll, we'll listen to the six the same six episodes of a podcast. I'll listen to him in chronological order. He will listen to him in reverse chronological order for some reason. I'm not I'm not sure why. But so the first episode he listened to, he thought this was the best podcast ever. And the first episode I listened to, I was like, man, this is kind of depressing. I don't know if I'm going to finish it. Because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> the first podcast I listened to was on breast cancer and being young and having breast cancer. And I'm like, man, this is a
1: real downer. Isn't that crazy like, that uh, breast cancer is such a downer and cheating is so uplifting? The cheating aspect is something that is more
0: widely talked about in even casual conversation than like breast cancer is. Because anytime you could talk about cheating and it could be a, a joke. People can make jokes about cheating and stuff. It could be lighthearted. I mean, not the actual act of cheating, but, you know, you can have a conversation surrounding cheating where, you know. I mean, it could be lighthearted. But, well, maybe. I don't know. I do I can't can't, uh, say I have no experience with that.
1: I guess that has to do with your promise. That word is hard as fuck. Promiscuity? Yeah, promiscuity, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, but, I mean, but
0: breast cancer, on the other hand, I mean, it's never funny. No. It's never funny. There's no, (laughs) like,
1: I mean, I'm sure that there are breast cancer jokes that can be funny for people who, like, have survived it. And like, you know what I'm saying? And they can talk about their experiences and shit. But that ain't no shit that I would ever fucking joke about or laugh at. Hell no. Nah.
0: Exactly. Right. So we started on complete opposite ends of the spectrum, you know? So my um, take on a podcast started on the low note and really worked this way up. While yours, you know, probably started on the high note and worked this way down. Real facts.
1: Was there anything about the breast
0: cancer episode that, stu- that stood out to you?
1: There was a lot of parts of the story that... I thought were interesting that stuck with me, uh, particularly as she was describing how she, um, discovered her cancer, the reluctance, um, to go to the doctor, a lot of things, but the thing that I could relate to was, um, she described this particular person. She was diagnosed with cancer at 35, um, which is young to be diagnosed with cancer. I guess most women are diagnosed in their 40s or older. And uh, she was married with a young child, and she had made a decision not to tell her daughter. And her daughter, I think, was five years old, four or five years old.
0: Yeah, because it was interesting. They had She had this dichotomy, her and her husband, with whether or not to tell her part of it is she didn't want her daughter to be scared. But the other part of it was that she didn't want her daughter, like not to remember her either. Cause I guess she was young enough that her daughter would kind of know her and then, uh, but also still old enough that she would understand.
1: And the reason why that resonated with me, that, that particular decision that she made not to tell her is because my mother had a cancer scare when I was in college. And, um, it was thing, they found the mask, they uh, they weren't sure if it was cancerous or not. The only figure, way they would figure out if it was cancerous or not would be to do a biopsy, um, which would require them to cut. And I guess my mom just like didn't even let the, the doctor finish like, like, cause I guess he just went straight to surgery. That was like the only option. And my mom just had like a visceral reaction and just got up and left. And she went to go see someone else who was more of a homeopathic um, kind of specialist. And uh, so they talked about changes to her diet she can make. So she stopped eating meat. She stopped eating dairy products. She stopped eating things with hormones. And um, and that was before like this whole vegan thing caught on. Um, This was like back in 2005 or 2006. Um, and throughout that whole process, my mom decided not to tell me because she wanted me to be focused in school. And I don't know if she told my siblings and I, and I was trying to remember when I found out, but I I either found out after things were on the up and up. Cause eventually like the mass went away. Um, and, but even to this day, every time my mom be like hitting me up or like saying like, I want to go on a trip or something. I'd be like, hell yeah, let's do it. Cause I, I'm not sure if she can she, she's dying or not, you know? Cause I'd be like, yo, like you didn't tell me then. Like I don't, and, and my family has a whole history of just like, people be like finding out something wrong with them and then won't say anything. And then like, you know, we get like two days uh, notice and people be, be just gone. You know what I mean? Yeah, um, so. that's
0: crazy, but Obviously, it's better that your mom didn't go to surgical route um, for a number of reasons. The woman in the uh, podcast, I believe her name was Kate, she obviously did go to surgical route and um, she had the uh, cancerous tumors taken out. While she was going through chemo and everything, she comes to find out that the cancer was like dead or something. After she had
1: the surgery, they had removed all the tissue um, from the tissue. From From the surgery, and then they had went through it all, and then they had determined that there was no cancer. so they're calling and, and she was saying that that was like the best news she could have received, and she was excited and then she thought about it. Yeah, and she thought, well then if that if the, if all the chemo works and all the treatment works, then it's like why did I go through the surgery? Basically. And, and yeah. And your mom could end up having like a similar experience. Yeah. And she didn't go through the chemo or none of that. You know what I'm saying? So. Yeah. Um, but it's wild
0: because how quickly he, the doctor wanted to go to the surgical option and you wonder why you, you have to think about, you know, some doctor's intentions. Like I think one of the biggest issues with medicine is just like how how much is tied the money, you know? Because you think because one thing that you had touched on earlier that the woman had spoke about in the podcast, the woman Kate, was that she was reluctant to go to the doctor. She kept on putting it off. Eventually, she went. That's how she you know found out that she you know may have cancer, but she was reluctant and she was putting it off. And people put off going to the doctor for a number of reasons. I mean, one of the reasons is that they're just scared because you know they're afraid of what they might find you know, because you go through all this stuff in your head? You remember like early in the 2000s when people were just like going on to, uh, what is it called? Whenever they're like Googling their symptoms, but there's, there's a, a specific uh, website that people WebMD. used to go to WebMD.
1: Everything just you and everything you put on I'm gonna say you got AIDS. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. <laughs> it was like, yeah, I got a headache,
0: brain tumor. Yeah, you, know what I'm right. <laughs> you know, everything's an AIDS
1: <laughs> symptom symptom dog. <laughs>
0: exactly, man. Um, oh, my foot hurts, gout. You <laughs> know, like <laughs> it's like the absolute worst thing that that you could think that you could have is what you what you had according to WebMD. You know, so. That's like because most people's minds go to the worst case scenario as it is, and they don't want that confirmation. They don't want to go to the doctor and find out, like, oh, yeah, you know what? Weapon D was actually right. So they hold off. I mean, like, that makes it less real or something. I mean, has there ever been a time where you were that you should have gone to the
1: doctor and you're just like, nah, nah? I don't think so. I mean, because normally, First of all, I only go to urgent care <laughs> or ER like cuz to me that's the only time you should go to the doctor. It's like when it's something that's like immediately painful that like needs immediate attention. I I go get a physical every year and then um uh, go in there and get my dick checked too, man. Make sure make sure everything's up on the up and up with that. Outside outside of that I mean, the times that I go on to doctors was, have, have been where I broke my elbow, went to urgent care, and I knew fairly quickly that it wasn't just a regular fall. So I was like, yeah. The fact that I didn't have full range of motion, that was a sign. I had poison ivy once, went to urgent care, took a couple of days, um, and I had strep throat and went to ur- urgent care that shit was some, yeah. That's, that that strep is no joke that shit was some serious serious pain and maybe I wish I would have went earlier but I mean you really don't know the difference between a sore throat and strep until it's like oh I'm in serious serious pain you know but yeah but um
0: yeah I don't know There's I don't think there's been a time that I haven't gone to the doctor for like fear of like confirmation or anything anything like that because it doesn't sound like that was the case with you either. Because normally if I'm going if I think something's wrong, I i want to find out what it is. I'm not like, oh no, I'm afraid I'm gonna go in there and find out that, you know, my foot's about to fall off or something. Yeah. You know, I generally I generally like to just find out. But there have been times I haven't gone for financial reasons. Because just like with your mom and the surgeon, the surgeon saying that uh, you know, to go to a surgical option, I I think that, you know, there's some Financial reasons, or you know, there's money reasons why he wanted to make that choice. Um, because there's things that I, I don't think that doctors are always acting in your best interest. I think that a lot of them are acting in the interest of their pockets. Because, I mean, if she goes through with the surgery, I mean, you know, he's going to get paid from that, the hospital's going to get paid from that. And I mean, things are going to be overcharged, and you know, it puts you in a big hole. I mean, that's happened to me. Uh, Even recently, last year, I've been I've been having this problem with my shoulder and I put it off for so long. My shoulder was hurting last year, starting in like March or something. And I just kind of toughed through it to the point that I was like, you know what, man, something's definitely wrong. So I waited till like September and finally went to the doctor and they basically, you know, they said that they couldn't figure out what it was without, you know, getting an MRI. So they they referred me to a place to get an MRI. And they said that it may be, and even after the MRI, they still didn't tell me exactly what the issue was. They said, well, you know, the rotator cuff could have a small tear in it, but, you know, it can also be this issue. So we won't know unless we do the surgery. So it was like, all right, so what was the point of that MRI? That's so, what I really get you, in my opinion. I'm,
1: all them MRIs and bro, x-rays and all that, that, that 400 and, a pop, And that's what I'm saying. Dollars.
0: But that's, but bro, my entire deductible was met with just the MRI. You know, like, the MRI... And, and again, at this point, my shoulder still didn't get fixed. <laughs> like, my shoulder was, my shoulder was still had issues. Like, but that, that MRI cost me, like, two grand. Apparently, there's other places that you can go where it could be cheaper. But, you know, no one tells you to shop around for different medical things. You're just like, oh, well, this doctor knows best. You know, he's telling me the best place to go to get these things the done. MRIs
1: are bullshit. I understand that machine is probably expensive, but... It shouldn't be that expensive, bro. Like, it's not... I feel like after... A while you get your money back, cuz, and you need to, you know what I mean? Like, so, <laughs> yeah, this man, it's ridiculous how much money. I, I feel like an a MRA doesn't, re, once you have the machine, it doesn't require that much maintenance where you gotta be charging people 4000 freaking dollars for a scan. Exactly. Like, that's crazy.
0: But that's the problem, man. That's what I'm talking about. Like, and I, and, for those reasons, I can see why people don't go to the doctor, man, because, you know, I went to the doctor and I had a bill for an entire year. I had an additional bill like it was, I don't know, man, it was just crazy. Or like you left, left your toilet running. Exactly. And, and all I did, and again, it didn't even fix the problem that I had. You know, so after so after I got the bill and then they're like, oh, well, you know, if you're going to have this surgery to repair repair, what we still don't actually know was wrong after already charging you two grand for something that isn't even conclusive. You know, you still have to pay like whatever 20 percent of the procedure is going to cost. And that was still like another couple thousand dollars. And I'm just like, man, you know what, man, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sit this one out. I'm going to sit this one out. So you did the surgery yourself. Exactly. Like a G. You know what I'm saying? I got the scalpel. You know, I put it over the fire, just like I saw in Die Hard. You know, I pour some alcohol on it. Then I pour the alcohol in my yeah. mouth like a G. You know what I'm saying? I just went to work. All right? No. <laughs> no, man. Like, I, like, there was a lot of reasons why I couldn't go through with it. I mean, first of all, it was the end of the year, and I wasn't trying to, like, meet my deductible and then, you know, have to meet it again, you know, two months later since it was the end of the calendar year. And not yeah, only that, that makes my daughter was still in diapers. So had I got the shoulder surgery, I wouldn't have been able to pick her up, I wouldn't be able to go to work, wouldn't be able to change diapers. There's a lot of, it would have just completely impeded my life. So what I ended up doing, I just kind of laid off the gym for probably 5 or 6 months. I, I was like really inactive and for whatever reason man, my shoulder just just stopped hurting, you know, and I started going back to the gym in like late spring. I mean, my shoulders kind of give me problems now that I'm back in the gym, but I just know to kind of lay off a little more instead of push through it like I was doing before. But yeah, like I said, I think that's I think the financial aspect of it is real because like my lower back has been hurting for a while, and it's not that I'm afraid to you know see what the problem is, man. I'm afraid to see how much it's going to cost me to see what the problem is.
1: Well, I don't think that the doctors are necessarily nefarious all the time, but I do think there is a culture within. The hospital where it's like we go straight, we we go through as many um, unnecessary things as possible. Yeah, like it's just like they just there's no consequence. They they act like there's no consequence to money. Exactly, like uh, to the client that benefits the hospital, and it's in, and it's in the hospital's best interest to uh, keep up that culture. And then also, I just think. When doctors are trained a certain way and are around other people who are trained the same way, I don't I don't think they necessarily have the exposure to the other pathologies that show that there's alternative methods of treatment. Yeah, that's just not how they're trained. If you're if you want to be a surgeon, you go to school to be a surgeon, and you, you look at everything through those eyes. You're not necessarily looking at things holistically, and I think that's the issue that we have in our country. For sure, but at the
0: same time, man, there are still kickbacks. You know, uh, one thing I had my primary care physician. He was actually in the same building that I worked in, and he was he was awesome. He was great. Like he would go through all these different methods or different steps for me to do things without it actually being financial before it got financial. He'd be like, "Oh, well, here's a definite fix, but it's going to cost you money." Where there's these other little things that you could probably do that will give you the same result and they're free it's like the difference between having surgery like you you being obese and having like you know lap band surgery or just like I don't know stop eating like cheeseburgers and shit so and that's really and he was really good that way like me and him would actually have conversations every time I would come in for like my physical or or something and um, I think at one point I had like plantar fasciitis because I had started running again and he was telling me things that I could do to To help that without, you know, having to prescribe me any painkillers or prescribe me things that probably other doctors would have. And then after he left that practice, like there's another doctor there who was there, like he left. So I was thinking about not even going back to that, um, to that office for my physical, but it was just so convenient that I went and there's another doctor there trying to get me to get all these different shots and everything that, you know, had never come up before. And, you know, I'd mentioned that to Amanda and Amanda's like, yeah, that's because doctors, you know, if they they get paid or they get kickbacks from whenever they vaccinate you or like give you those um like tetanus shots and stuff like mm-hmm. that. So so there's a lot of doctors who I mean, you want to think they have your best interest in heart. I mean, they probably care that you don't die. But at the same time, I think that there are ways that they think they can line their pockets and also do, you know, the greater good, even if it's not necessarily something that you need at the time.
1: And not even again to get into the racial disparities because there's racial disparities that go on as well.
0: I mean, we talked about this actually on the first episode when we were talking about um, the mortality rate yeah. as well as um, the opioid crisis. Yep. But yeah, I don't, I don't know. But like I said, so that's that's what stuck out to me in that episode was mainly her talking about her reluctance and going. She didn't say whether it was fear or if it was medical. I think she was just kind of slacking. But those are the first two things that kind of popped up to me whenever I think about why someone wouldn't go to the doctor. And really, at this point, it's really like financial because, you know, at the end of last year, between my MRI and... um ran having to get tubes in her ear I was down like almost four like four thousand bucks in medical bills oh wow yeah so I mean if I'm someone else who who doesn't have it I mean you know that I mean that that probably cripples that could cripple people yeah for sure and you know and specifically uh with with like if your kid needs to get tubes in their ears there's a reason why that has to happen because there's like long-term damaging effects if you don't get that done in a timely fashion. I think the whole medical system is really messed up, and just like the price, the fact that they could just just gouge you uh, for procedures is just like I think it's fucked. Well, up.
1: Well, she did but, bring up the me- medical industrial complex, so I'm assuming it probably was. Whether it, whether if it was, she just she just didn't want to be uh, a part of that being taken advantage of fin- financially, whether she had it or not. Nobody wants to be, wants to get played for the sucker. You
0: know what I mean? Yeah. But that's the crazy thing is that. I don't know for a fact, but it seems like maybe she did because she did have a surgery. She did end up getting like breast augmentation because she said that she did get like implants just for at the end of the day for them to tell her that she really didn't have cancer in the first place.
1: No, she did have cancer, bro. She had cancer. It's just that her chemo killed the cancer. There would have been no other way for them to know that she was 100% cancer free without doing the surgery. I don't I don't know.
0: I feel like there's a waste of step in there. And she even mentioned that. No, that there's it felt step like a waste. Somewhere
1: because it's like, why did you have to go through all the surgery if, if the if the chemo did its job? But the thing is, the only way for them to 100% confirm that the chemo did its job is to go through that, you know? Like, to, to go through all those tissues and all that. And it's still a 10%. It's still a chance that it still could uh, reoccur. But, um, yeah, I, I feel like The surgery is necessary, but I understand what she meant.
0: Yeah. Well, I think that there are people who actually uh, had gone through chemo without actually getting the surgery and then finding out that, you know, the cancer was gone without having it. But I'm, I know that that's not, you know, everything isn't the same for everybody. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I also...
1: I'm not trying to play oncologist on this joint. You know what I'm saying? Oh,
0: I mean, you know, shit, I didn't go to school for that, bro.
1: They do say, you can always tell a Morehouse, man. You just can't tell them much. So, you know, niggas be thinking we know everything, but I'm not going to take yeah. c- credit for that.
0: Those were a couple things that kind of stood out to us in our first episode. Uh, another episode that I listened to, and I'm guessing it was the second to last one you listened to, The host was interviewing a debt collector about collecting debt. (laughs) Uh, You know, she was telling stories about how she got into debt collecting, what it was like to be a debt collector, um, kind of the culture around the office. And there was was a lot of things that actually came out of that that I found pretty interesting. One thing that she said is that she never felt any remorse calling people to collect this debt because it's like, hey, you have bills, you have to pay your bills, like. And she and it just never really dawned on her that she was doing anything bad. And, you know, for all intents and purposes, I mean she wasn't. Doing her she was doing her job, you yeah. know? So I just to me that that episode ended up being better than I thought for a number of reasons. Um, one of the first ones just kinda getting a different perspective on it. One of the issues with what she was doing is it was kinda like I don't want to say predatory in terms of like debt collecting, but they were being like, more aggressive than they're allowed to be given the uh, law, basically, where they're telling they're telling people that, you know, hey, if you don't pay this debt, we're going to go tell your neighbors and tell everyone you know, and, you know, we're going to embarrass you and all this other stuff, and they're not allowed to do that, apparently.
1: Yeah, well, and they, were, they weren't accusing her of doing it. They were accusing her of being complicit with people who were doing that. And that was after she moved on and started her own, company that was like a, served as like a clearing house. Um, so like a, a a debt collection company would um, get someone to agree to pay. And then she would basically be the in-between person who would debit that person's account and credit that debt collector. One, but one key thing in this episode to recognize is that she's from Buffalo, New York.
0: Oh, is that close to somewhere that's special to you?
1: I got I gotta, you know, every episode I gotta preface. I'm originally from Rochester, New York. All right, but I have a close friend and he's from Buffalo. Stan, my 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 man Stan, we was in Vegas. I don't know why we were there. I think Stan was there for work. And so he invited me out, like he got a homie E. And I've been around like a lot of drug dealers and shit in my life. And E, like, seemed like he was a drug dealer. You know what I'm saying? The way he dressed, the way he carried himself, you know what I mean? Big-ass pinky ring, homies there. Like, it just seemed, it just like, you know what I mean? What's up, dog? What's up, E? Blah, blah, blah. But I was talking to E, and E was talking about how he had a debt collection company. And so... Basically, what the debt collection company uh, would do would be these guys would go to, uh, let's say you're a medical company or something, and you have debt that you're going to write off, right? You got so many people that you have service, and you got your own internal people that you call, like, oh, you're going to pay your bill, but I, there's so much you just write off. So ease company would go in and be like, all right, well send us this list and we'll collect this. So they pay to have like the list and contact information, all this kind of stuff of people. And then they collected that, but they just pocketed. Yeah, because they were going to write it off anyway. Yeah, exactly. So there's a business. And, and the reason why Buffalo is important is because New York was, is, is one of the places, the state of New York is one of the places where that industry is, at least at the time, was one of the least regulated. It was interesting when this lady eventually got caught up, she made a plea deal with the the state where she can no, no longer work in that industry anymore, you know, for being complicit in some, some activities that um, overstepped the bounds uh, that she was that they were supposed to be that on. actually
0: leads into something that
1: i was gonna i wanted to bring up about this episode i mean because two things but hold on one second i just wonder when they when they announced that shit because they said it was like she was part of this whole uh a whole thing that was rampant mm-hmm. in her area i wonder if he got caught up in that shit.
0: i mean shoot That's you it. can find out
1: i could but i don't know if i feel like making that call all
0: right you probably that's probably a call you wanted to make before the episode
1: yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: but uh there was two things i wanted to address address on this episode before we move to the next one and ultimately uh get to our breaks we can get the the big picture you know but one of the things was the consequences like consequences and actions man like Cause you hear a lot, like every time you hear anything about debt collection, it's always negative. It's always like, these people are like the, like the devil, you know, it's like, man, I don't believe these people calling me for, for debt. I can't believe that, you know, they're harassing me. And it's like, yeah, man. But you know, you got this credit card that you haven't paid on in like nine months and but you still got your Xbox. It's weird how easily these people can become the criminal for things that you actively put in motion. That's not something that's often thought about. Like for you, I mean, have you ever had any any uh things in collections or anyone calling you hounding you for money?
1: Fortunately, I, I haven't had anything. Um for me, I've had people call for other people. So because I'm I'm the good nigga from around the way, I'm good. I'm I'm normally good to be a godparent, and I'm good for a reference. And so people be listening to me as references for uh like student loans, for rent a center. So I've gotten calls from, from my homies um asking asking my homies about like have I heard from them because he he got these fucking rims from Rent and oh, Roll wow. and he ain't fucking paying back, <laughs> or you already know who yeah, that dude. was. And then, or or I got a homie. He uh had his fucking student loan officers calling me, and you know he just be like, "I'm like nigga, if them niggas don't give a fuck. I don't give a fuck. I ain't gonna tell you where they are." They're like, "Do you have a good number on?" Or I'm like, "I yo, I haven't talked to him in a long time. I'm sorry." And there was somebody else, and another one, the Renaissance. I remember who was there. Oh, I think that was my guy, my young homie yeah yeah rent Center calling me asking asking me about uh if I knew what our living room set is and shit yeah. you know what I'm saying, so I haven't had anybody uh call for me personally other than like a medical thing, yeah. and then that was actually like a misunderstanding that was like I just was like, look here's the insurance number like i pay it's it it shows on on the system that it that is paid so like. What's up? Yeah, the no,
0: only time I really had those issues was like when I was fresh out of college, probably not fresh out of college. I was probably out for a few months before the student loan people started calling me, and that's when I really had to, you know, take getting a job seriously. Man, you only had so many days of forbearance that you can uh, that you can put that stuff off. But outside I think of that, that's the
1: even, most popular one, bro. Is is the college debt?
0: Yeah, but I mean, in the worst part, is cats who went to college and didn't even finish, and they still got college debt.
1: That's the most common, I feel like there's a lot of people, even one of my young homies he went for like a semester or whatever and and then didn't finish or or the real it's real bad when people go for like three years three and a half years and finish
0: yeah man again, there goes that in that
1: educational
0: industrial complex not no but really at the school that I went to, I remember there was this um was a building it was uh don't try to
1: protect them it was a dormitory
0: it was a dormitory called rose rose hall and they had a program where um, they were just bringing people in to give them a chance to you know get a college education at least that's what they were saying because they're deaf there people who probably didn't have the grades to be in in the first place but you know they brought them in because you know they're they're still paying you know, and that, I always thought that was just kind of messed up because, I mean, you know, those dudes didn't have any interest in actually getting an education, man. They were just kind of up there for the parties and for the for the girls or probably just get away from college because they're still doing the same things that they were doing whenever they're, you know, back at home. Like but, hustling you know,
1: and riding around and Rent and Roll and, and asking niggas <laughs> for their debit cards. Exactly,
0: man. It's, and, you know, and buying pizza, apparently, a lot of it. Yeah. But, <laughs> but no, so... And, you know, I, I don't know, I felt like that was pretty blatant. It was like it was just just like a blatant money grab. And, you know, none of those dudes that I'm aware of actually, you know, finished school. But those cats still have the loan people calling them. Whenever they called me, I never at no point did I ever, you know, try to give them attitude, like stop calling me. I'm not paying you back anything. Or did I ever tell anyone else like, oh, man, these creditors keep calling me. It's like, yo, I took out, you know, money. I took out a student loan so I can go to school. And the expectation is for me to pay this back, you know, and that's always what it was. So whenever I got a job that my first the first thing that I had thought of, you know, using the money on was to pay my student loans off. Like that's always been the case. I mean, and I don't know if that's just, you know, me exercising what I thought was common sense or just being responsible, man. But I don't think I, like I said, I've never had creditors that for something that didn't make sense to me. But apparently, like, they, you know, they just get a really bad name. Actually, our homeboy, our homeboy used to do debt collection.
1: Yeah, yeah, he definitely did. And there's a lot of people who uh, were at the same bank as he was because he was at the same bank that I was. And uh, I, there's a lot of people who started their career in in the same p- part where he was. It actually gave him a, a good base to to go in sales because, like, if you can get through that, you kind of can.
0: Get to anything,
1: yeah. Yeah, you learn to deal with rejection. You learn to overcome objections and stuff like that. So, um, I think he, I think his focus was on people with like cars, like who were about to be repoed and stuff like that. Yeah,
0: but um, but that's actually a good segue. You bringing up the bank because the other part of this episode that kind of stood out to me was like the irony of of the episode. At the end of the episode, we find out that she makes a settlement with the government for $4 million. She didn't have $4 million to pay. So now they she has debt collectors calling her to try to collect that debt. And, you know, she, so it's funny that she said initially she was, you know, kind of upset about it. But now you know, whenever they call her, she just kind of talks to them, tells them you know how bad a job they're doing and you know things that they could do better so they could be better debt collectors and stuff. But she said that she has no she has no intention of actually paying that debt back.
1: But the other and she little, sounded so she sounded so like nonchalant what's about the it. Word? Yeah, I feel like there's a uh, there's a one syllable word that starts with an S. I don't know, but she she sounded mad, like cavalier with it. Like I'm not paying it back. Mad, snobbish. Yeah. Yeah, and, um, yeah, like, and f- like flippant. Flippant. That's exactly the mother. She sounded mad, flippant. And I just listened to this joint. I could just tell I don't like this lady. Like <laughs> she was so fucking. She, first, even the way she was describing her job, like yeah. she was people who act like she was. She's
0: like, doing God's work.
1: She was doing God's work. She was so into it. She was really good. And there's nothing. There's nothing wrong with being proud about what what you do. But then she she like brought like a moral, she had like a moral high ground with it. And yeah. then for her to flip around and be like, I have no intention of playing them people back. No, because I'm like, bitch, well, you could have been in jail. So <laughs> Exactly. And you still might go to jail if you don't uh, you know, follow follow your settlement. So, like, it's, it's just crazy, man.
0: Yeah. And the other thing was about debt collecting after the housing crisis. Oh, Whenever yeah. she was talking about uh, how she would call people after the housing crisis who still had debt and they're like, yeah, the, you know, the banks, you know, they went belly up, so I'm not paying. And it's funny that the expectation was still for the consumer or the customer to have to pay, even though the banks got bailed out for that.
1: Right. I mean, the thing is when it comes to debt in this whole situation, even when you were talking about you paying back your student loans versus other people who not and all that kind of stuff, when it comes to the issue of debt, like many other things in terms of responsibility, personal responsibility versus society and consumerism and education attainment and doing what we need to do to get ahead. Everything is so fucking nuanced, like because we all have different capabilities. We all come with different levels of capabilities to pay our debt, uh, to complete our education to find other options outside of that like so it's impossible really to, to have like this state of stance that applies to everybody whether it's like everybody should pay every everything back or everybody shouldn't or like everybody's situation is mad motherfucking definitely
0: but here's the thing spending money that you don't have is never a good thing and most people know going, I mean, unless it's like a medical thing, we just like,
1: I don't believe, I don't think that's true. I do.
0: I mean, I, I cause here's the thing. I think there are obviously different. Most
1: people things. don't have money to, to, to go to college. I'm
0: not talking, I'm not, I'm not talking about I'm not talking about college. I mean, cause I don't, I don't see it that way. I mean, I'm not talking about college. I'm talking about like more material, more material things. Like, I mean, I understand if you end up going in debt because you have, I don't know, a $4,000 hospital bill that you got to put on the credit card because, you know, you don't have the money to pay for it. But if it's like, yo, you know, I'm between jobs, but I got to get this big screen TV. And then all of a sudden, you know, the job don't come through, but the bill does. I mean,
1: you got to eat that. Yeah, but even that, even what you said is nuanced, because then you're, it's like certain certain money that you don't have is okay. Like when you go to college or.
0: See, but even in college, you're talking about taking out a loan and a lot of that, is I like um, in most have. cases but again in most cases so it's
1: buying a house well that what that's money you don't have yeah but
0: I, yeah but I, I think that's different because i think in both of those instances education and buying a house those are seen as things in society that will actually get you in a position either the house is going to gain interest or you're going to or you're going to gain enough profitability by having a degree to get the money to pay to pay that's back an
1: assumption that that has failed for many.
0: It has, but again, but it's not failing for the banks because I mean, they're still getting, getting their money or trying to get their money anyway. So, I mean, that's, I don't
1: know. We don't, I don't know if it's going <laughs> to work out for the banks or not <laughs> at this stage.
0: But, well, I mean, I guess it didn't work out for them in, you know, 2008. So yeah, I guess who who am I to say, but that's, it. but I mean, you know, but they even have, uh, I mean, part of the issue with the banks is just kind of way they go about their business. And like, this, that subprime lending and um, kind of having in, high interest rates on people and just kind of jacking, jacking up what they actually owe but I mean that's that could be another conversation. Yeah, I mean I,
1: it's just the, the thing is we live in a hyper materialistic society where values and people's general enjoyment of life is based on a lot of these pretentious material things and and so, a certain social need. When you talk about what Maslow is—that his name, hierarchy of needs. When you get to the higher level need, the, the need to be accepted and desired, and all that kind of stuff. Sometimes, that need provides significant pressure for for people to have material things, even when they don't necessarily have the money at that at that period of time. I'm not, and I'm not saying if it's right or wrong. I'm just saying. I understand it in the in the same level of pressure that is in this country is not in other countries, or in in certain parts of our society is in other places. I don't know. It is what it is. Because then, didn't he the, the, the same people be like, "Well, why are you rel- relying on the state or welfare for shit?" You know what I'm saying? I'm like, no, nigga, I went and got a payday loan, and I, you know what I'm saying. So, but I do understand. Yeah. There is there. there Definitely is a level where it it is unwise and and it's it's reckless. You know what I'm saying? I'm just saying it's just it's it could be a slippery slope yeah. in terms of determining what where that where that is.
0: Some of it is a trap too. I mean, because like I said, I mean you have predatory lenders, and I mean you literally have places that are set up for you to fail financially. I don't know, like there's places that'll give you like. Credit cards with really high interest rates and and really hope that you mess up your credit that way you know Leachers. you can't really have a bank account or something basically man so I mean so those payday so those payday loans I don't know like it's it's crazy just imagine working you know working for your full paycheck and like you can't even like have a bank account or something to cash a full paycheck or whatever that that shit is crazy to me
1: yeah it's just designed designed for motherfuckers to fail man exactly and like. When when they were discussing that on the podcast, they were asking Gertrude about people who are taking these payday loans, and, and she's like, "Well, it's just not smart." I mean, like, desperate, and she just had no, she had no uh, sympathy or empathy for people who were in those desperate positions. And you know, we know historically, there's a lot, lot of folks in. in in a desperate position who uh, come from a certain ethnicity or, or lineage than others. You know what I mean? So that flipping that attitude just makes me, I don't want to say I'm happy that she's in debt and got people calling her, but,
0: yeah, I mean, it's cause, like, cause it's like really, she came from, you know, she's speaking from a privileged standpoint, you know, and now she's in a point where she's not privileged, and now she's going through and doing those same things that she would get
1: so mad if if she heard you say she was privileged. Yeah, I mean, she probably she, she probably thinks she, she didn't go to college. She, she learned she learned some shit she had nothing. To do. I think she I thought she was in college
0: whenever she started doing she this. She didn't
1: finish it. She's done a lot better for herself, or. Before everything went bad, she did a lot better for, for herself than other people in her family, you know, and kudos to her for that. But um, she just doesn't have that level. She doesn't have a, a level of self-awareness and uh, and humility to understand. Or compassion. Yeah. Understand that they took L's in order for her to do her thing. Her success came in spite of those People's situations. That's all yeah. I was trying to say.
0: All uh, right, yeah, we don't have to um stay on this topic for too much longer. We have a couple more episodes that we want to get through um, and what kind of stood out to us. So we'll talk about that after the break.
1: A lot of people ask me what FRH stands for. That is fly revolutionary hustler. And if you would like to buy a shirt, buy a hat, check out the social media, buy some music, get some signed albums, go to flyrevolutionaryhustler.com. We are Fly Revolutionary Hustlers because we are united. We are on the come up and we are never afraid to be first.
0: All right. All right. We're back from the break. There's just a couple more episodes we want to get to a couple more things that stood out about the podcast last episode. And this would be the first episode that go on and listen to. But uh, the, the last best episode, episode I
1: ever. Motherfuckers, you better listen to this shit. It was it
0: was entitled cheating happens. I don't know, man. Uh, man, there's there's a lot there. Like, there's a good chance that there's a whole lot of this podcast that you'll never hear because I cut most of that out just so we can make more room so we could talk about this part. (laughs) It started off with people saying, having an affair is a big decision. And, you know, the host corrected it and said, it's actually a series of small decisions, you know, and that kind of reminded me of that slippery slope that we talked about in the shrink next door episode, where it's a lot of little things that kind of get you to a different place. You know, you meet someone and they're kind of cool. So every time you see them, you just kind of have a glance, you smile at them they smile back. And eventually you guys may exchange names. You may exchange phone numbers or you may just become friends on Facebook. And then you just go out, you have lunch together and everything seems innocent. But like the more things you do, the more you learn about this person, the more attractive you get to them and the more, you're willing to probably make a big mistake if you're in a relationship or if they're in a relationship, like you're willing to cross that line. That's what they kind of talked about in this episode. Well, cross
1: lines become boundary violations, you know, or vice versa, however that went. But yeah, I I like that one. There's one part where she said, and then he kissed me and I I told him, I was hoping this was going to be really, you were going to be really bad at it. You know what I'm saying?
0: Yeah, cause uh, you know she didn't want to enjoy the fact that she was cheating on her. Husband. Oh no, that he was cheating on his wife to be with her.
1: You know what's crazy? I recently had a situation with one of my sister's friends, and she told me the same thing <laughs> that uh, that she, that she wishes she, that you were good at something. She wishes I was bad at it. Oh, she, all right. yeah. She's like, she's like, I, I was, I was hoping that you were gonna be really bad at it, but I wasn't. So we in trouble now. So you gave her a foot massage. Actually, I did. I started off with a foot massage. <laughs> That's the most hilarious shit. Ah, uh, I started off with a foot massage. Oh, yeah. Wait, wait,
0: wait. So I mean, let's let's uh, let's let's bring this back to the topic real quick before we get too off because I know
1: we will. Have you ever cheated on anyone? No. Okay. I I've been in very few committed relationships. All right. Well, that has a lot to do with it. But. There's a reason why because i take my commitments very seriously so yeah. like if i am gonna be in a, and first of all we got to define cheating you know what i'm saying because dudes and girls define cheating way differently i have never stuck my penis <laughs> in a vagina of someone else who wasn't my girl um while i was in a committed relationship
0: um All right, so let's let's say for a working definition for the purposes of this podcast, we'll say cheating is being in a committed relationship and having a physical and emotional relationship with someone other than the person you're committed to.
1: Oh, so you know the key word you just said emotional. And, okay, I mean, and or. Oh, maybe. But nah, I don't know if I was committed yet. I I I remember the moment in my last relationship where I decided I was going to be fully committed because um, we got a homie named Zoe. I was at one of his uh I was at his one of his birthday parties and I feel like I was earlier on in a relationship with my ex at the time, but I remember. I was partying and then I was dancing with some girl and the next thing you know I'm kissing with her and I I don't know if we ended up in the bathroom. Something crazy. Something something wild happened. And um, and then I told her I I was like I was like, yeah, I kinda, I'm kinda like seeing somebody or whatever. Yeah. And she's and she she said it like a G. She's like, I don't care. And uh
0: <laughs> Yeah, and people I, don't people I, don't think that women are as savage as dudes, but they really are.
1: Yeah. I found myself so I got her number I remember her name, um, and her name was Catalina. I mean, fuck it, I never called her, so it doesn't matter. When I was left that situation, I found myself ch- trying to justify why I was doing that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, oh, uh, this, like, this joint may not work out anyway, or blah blah blah. Like between me and my ex, yeah. And then I, in that moment, I was like, I'm actually lessening my relationship to justify me doing this. And I don't want to do this. I don't want to do that. I want to see exactly where this can go. Because yeah. I don't know where it could go. Like, I had already made a decision that I, I was down to be vulnerable and, and see where that could go to. So at that very moment, I kind of, w- I was like, binoc- like, you know what I mean? Like, binoculars blinders. Like on, blinders on, yeah. So, um yeah so I don't know i in my opinion I've never cheated but like i only i only be in like i've only been in like uh like one committed relationship as an adult man one and a half you know what i'm saying yeah um so it is what it is. I don't think i'm the kind of person to um if i'm gonna be in a committed relationship i think i'm gonna i'm gonna be in a committed relationship with someone I can communicate with and while there's a chance that a, a strictly physical relationship could happen on a humbug, because I'm a nigga and sometimes I be out here vibing, I I doubt that I would want to. I would put myself in a position to form an emotional relationship with somebody. How about you? You ever cheated? I don't know, man. I'd say
0: I'd say there have been women who have been like victims of overlap. You know what I'm saying? Like the only time that I could ever say that I may have cheated is I was dating this girl in high school and we had been talking for a few months and then she just went AWOL, just straight ghosted me. I had no idea what happened. It had been it had been at least a month since we since we spoke. But I mean Oh, that ain't true. Again, that's why I'm saying that. But check it out. It's been like a month. We hadn't talked. I didn't know what was going on with this woman. But at the same time I ended up meeting this other girl, a girl who I ended up graduating and going to college. And we we were together for that first year of college or whatever so i met her oh, and i got her she
1: comes back got
0: yeah it. so whenever i started messing with with the, with the new young lady the old young lady came back and was like you know sorry but actually she didn't even hit me back until i I think i like sent <laughs> shit, that's how old i am man. i may have sent her an email <laughs> hotmail
1: <laughs> he was like, yo.
0: I think I sent her an email like hey youngbeauty86
1: at hotmail dot com. I'm sorry, what's going on?
0: <laughs> it was yeah, I sent her an email like, Hey, you know what I've not heard from you in a in a while. I guess you know this thing must not be uh going anywhere because you know, I haven't heard anything from you and it's been this while I'm you know, I, I think it's just best that we both just move on. Because, I mean, this is before the term ghosted came out. But, I mean, for all intents and purposes, you know, she ghosted me. Same, same Patrick. Right. So then she actually hits me back like a day later saying, oh, I'm sorry. I haven't, you know, been calling you or, you know, returning your your emails or whatever. But, you know, my grandma was either sick or died. One of the two. And, you know, she's like, I've been really taking that hard. And I was like, oh. But I kind of seen someone else now. So, you know. Good luck with your grandma or something. I don't know, but uh, t- <laughs> but t- it'd be funny if it was just like, but like I was kidnapped by these strange men. <laughs> nah, but that I think that's the, probably the closest I've really gotten to cheating. I mean, there's been other women who I've had um, relationships with that weren't like strictly monogamous, or you know, but they were pretty. I guess it'd be classified as serious, but it was never categorized as you know exclusive where I've done things with other women while I was with them, but I don't think there's anyone who I've ever claimed as a girlfriend or anything like that, that I've, you know, messed around on.
1: Yeah. I can, I can dig it. Yeah.
0: I'm much like you and I I think we probably need like a third person here who doesn't share our views to like really liven up this discussion because like I'm the same way, like I'm not going to make a commitment to someone if I don't think that I can, you know, follow through on that commitment because one thing for me growing up has always been integrity. You know, your word is your bond. You know, you are who your word says you are. And once you don't have your word, you don't have anything. So if you give your word to a woman that, you know, you're going to be with her, you're going to treat her correctly, you're not going to cheat on her, you're, there's no, gonna, there's not going to be any infidelity, then at that point,
1: you got to stick with Hold up, word. I never said that. I wasn't. That's not what I told her. No, <laughs> <It's> no, no. <stupid. laughs> <laughs> I, I was at I was at one of my homies' weddings who, you know, has lived a, a, a an adventurous you know, a life. life. An adventurous life. I was at his wedding and I was listening to you know they did their own vows. Yeah. This nigga said I will put no one else above you. And I just was sitting there like, nah, see, that's semantics. You ain't Playing a semantic game. Like, that means there could be somebody else. I'm just not gonna put her above you. I can put her below you. Same <laughs> level. Below you know what I'm saying? That's crazy. But I kept that to myself. I don't want to I ain't wanna ruin the vibe.
0: Nah, man. That's like I said, that's always wild to me. Cause I I mean, I'm guessing there's reasons people cheating. I mean, I can understand. I mean, we talked about it on the first episode that we did about how difficult and complicated relationships are, right? And it's funny, I was actually on the phone with my, uh, my buddy Jonas last week, and we were just kind of talking about relationships and just how difficult they are and how difficult it is for things to read. And one of the things that came up was just how you know when you're not supposed to be in a relationship anymore. I think the problem is sometimes people don't know whether they're supposed to be in a relationship. And I mean, if you're cheating on someone, obviously you're not supposed to be in a relationship, but that's not necessarily true. Yeah, It probably is, man. I mean, no. you're not mature enough to have no. that relationship. If you're going to cheat on the person, like that's just dumb.
1: That's not true.
0: In what way is it not true?
1: If If you are on a business trip and like you meet somebody out, have sex with her and you're in a committed relationship at home, I'm not going to say you don't need to have that relationship. Like, you just might have to work on yourself. <laughs> you like to, that's. that what? You might have to work on your. You might have to work on your impulses. You might have to have, work on your impulses. You should have worked on that beforehand,
0: you, man. Because you got to know yourself before you get into these relationships,
1: bro. Uh, nah, uh, yeah. Thing, no, that's not true because, like, first of all, people have all kind of flaws and triggers that be, that can become troublesome in a relationship. It may one might be how you respond to. Things. One might be how you listen to people. And it's up to the people in that relationship to decide which one of these flaws, how important those flaws are. You know what I'm saying? So, someone who's a, a, a terrible communicator may be even more, even less ready for a relationship than to somebody who has cheated. I, I think like, in our society, we put like this whole thing of like cheating on this whole fucking grand level. But like, it's just a fucking physical thing that happened with somebody else. Like, I don't think it necessarily needs to be on this fucking huge pedestal. It's, it's It almost reminds me of when people like put certain sins above other sins. Like they want to like harp on homosexuality when, and not say anything about like promiscuity or anything else. Like it kind of reminds me of that. Like so I'm not going to say you don't need to be in a relationship. I'm what I I will say is that you're putting your your relationship at risk. Um No man, I I I think you're trying to like poorly logic your way
0: out of it because I mean, yeah, 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 like yeah, it's a physical thing that happens, but at the same time, it's not about the physical thing. It's about the the commitment and the statement that you made saying that you wouldn't do that thing. So I mean, at that because at that point, like you said in the last episode, that it's worse to be a liar than it is to be a killer. And if you're a cheater, then you're a liar. If you told that person that you were committed to them,
1: yeah, but lying is I I. One thing I will say, and I've noticed throughout people, just in my observations, is that there are people who are completely honorable and trustworthy people that I fuck with. Pucci then they're not the fucking market. honest and trustworthy. Stop, what the fuck are you talking stop. about? Like that's an oxymoron. It's Let not true. No, no. Yes, it is. That means I can trust them with money, I can trust them to when they say something, they do something, but for, what, for whatever reason, this is a weak spot. I think there's so many different reasons why people cheat, different flaws in people. And I feel like um, when you talk about a relationship with somebody and lust and love and all those kind of things, it's such a fluidity of you stating and, and, sh- and showing up as your best self for the to keep the person uh, that's your partner happy, but you're all you're still dealing in your reality and dealing with who you are. So, like, it's more complicated than saying, Yes, I said I'm gonna do that. You also may have said that you were gonna fucking take her to the fucking movies. Nah, nah, I'm, I'm, I'm sure, no, I'm pretty sure no, I'm pretty sure no one put didn't.
0: their hand on the Bible, put a ring on their finger, like, Yeah, I'm gonna take you to the movie every fucking Friday. Well, now you're entering marriage. Well, I mean, that, I'm sorry. I'm what, speaking from a point you? of marriage. I mean, because like as far as like this boyfriend girlfriend shit, man, I do not care. I mean, I'm 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 beyond that, man. I don't. That means nothing to me.
1: Well, that's your. Well, to me, the the marriage is irrelevant to me because my commitment is my commitment. Regardless, I don't really believe in marriage as an institution anyway. So that doesn't make it more or less. But
0: then why even? Then why me, even say, oh, well, you're bringing marriage into this?
1: Because that's what I'm saying. I'm saying it's irrelevant. But I mean, if it was irrelevant, it's then why even
0: mention internet. that, you know, like it had more validity that I meant. But I'm you saying you're, you, what you're saying, and you I'm brought so- marriage into it. You're saying it like, you know, there's more validity to it because of because I brought marriage into it. But at the same
1: time, so what it's are you what saying? I was saying. I, was, I was saying that this is from a commitment period. If you give your word to somebody in your committed relationship, if I'm... If, the, the commit- the same commitment that I make to someone if I'm in love with that person and I make that commitment it's, it marriage doesn't change that commitment for me. That's all I was saying. so when I say you bring a marriage into it, that's what I meant i'm like it it doesn't matter if you're married, you can be a boyfriend or girlfriend, you can be married thirty years. love and lust and seduction it's it's just like a it's more complicated than if if you fail in one area, you're a liar. Because there's so many different See, areas See,
0: but I, I guess this is where I disagree. And this is where I think marriage does matter. Because you raise the stakes on it. Because whenever you get married, I mean, you're in like one of the women on the podcast talked about it. She said that she fell into the trap. She said, you know, I moved in with him. I took his last name. I had kids. And I had all the societal things that comes with taking, I mean, that. I don't want to say that comes with taking this easy way out, but doing things right. She said, I did things the right way and we lived a good life or we had good things because I did things the right way. But because I did things the right way, that's also the reason why, you know, there's more for her to lose. You see what I'm saying? If you're boyfriend and girlfriend, I mean, you may live together, but at the same time, you're not bringing, you're not really bringing her family into it. You're not really bringing your family into it. You're not really bringing your finances into it. You're not, I mean, a lot of cases you're not really bringing you can I
1: mean, you can, you can but I mean that.
0: with marriage, you're definitely doing that at least that's the intention of marriage, so I mean that's why on your taxes you can file as married, you know you don't file as you know you know not 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 that's, married but living with contract. a you know what I'm saying i mean that's not a thing
1: that's just a that's just that just pro that just goes to the point that marriage is a contract and and a business relationship that does yeah, it does raise the stakes but because the stakes are high, I don't know what the, I don't think that it, says. Anything I mean, about if, your if if you if you raise the
0: stakes, that should show an increase in seriousness, uh, or you know at least a uh, increase in respect in the relationship. Because I mean, there's someone who you could be dealing with for like years who you've never moved in with, who you've never done anything but you know had sex and go to the movies and go on vacation with, basically. And, you know, you don't have that same level of commitment, even though you say you do, because there's, you, don't, you have significantly less to lose by cheating on this person than you do on the same person who you've married and you've joined your family. You joined your DNA in a lot of cases with children and your finances. I mean, you have a significantly more to lose at that point.
1: I mean, you can't. There's, there's, there's ways to get around that through, in marriage But I'm well. saying,
0: but there's, I think there's a greater level of commitment in that case than it would be just casual dating. And because of that, I think that that's why I'm, I'm not
1: talking about casual dating. I'm talking, we're talking, our baseline is a committed and loving relationship. Someone that you love, that you've given your commitment of a monogamous relationship to. Miss
0: me with that, bro. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Like, okay, check it out. So, even whenever you I one of my fuckers, just because you got married, bro, it was like this before. I mean, there's but no that's what,
1: if it's like that before that, then you're proving my point. That's what I'm really. saying. It doesn't, I'm not marriage. Come on, I'm just how saying, am I proving your point, bro? We're we arguing about marriage right now, bro. you talking about marriage, man.
0: Even, even whenever I was in a serious relationship before. Me and Amanda got married. The fact that I re- I respected relationship enough and I respected her enough
1: that I wouldn't do anything like that to her. Well, that's what I'm saying. I'm that's my point. It's people who are at that level of commitment. But
0: I'm pretty sure if I cheated on her before I got married versus me cheating on her after I got married, I think that's you know
1: one is a bigger foul. I mean, I don't think so. I mean, I think it feels it it feels the same. If anything. If if anything, if you're married, somebody's more likely to stick it out. So, it's almost like you have more leeway because you get because you both gave that vow to each other to the best and worst of time. I understand what you're saying, but I think that indicates
0: a bigger breach of trust because of that. Because I mean, yeah, like you're supposed to stay with each other through the good and the bad and i mean you know there's so much t- you have so much of your life your lives wrapped into each other that it's probably more difficult to part ways but at the same time you've built trust in each other or you built this relationship up to the point that that should never be violated i feel like at no point should you have to put someone else in that in the situation what they the guy said forgiving a partner for cheating is like taking a bullet for them, but I don't want to be the one to have to fire that gun. And like, that's, that's really the case where it's like, you're building this life for, for yourself with this other person who you've committed to, who you've given your absolute trust. And they, and they put their trust in you and you completely violate their trust, like that's. Same can happen with or without marriage. I'm. But again, man, you know, that's a, and that's a character issue. And I mean, if you can't, you know, keep your, keep your dick in your pants saying, man, no, this relationship's not for you. I, 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 I not for you. I disagree with that because. Bro, just because you want to sleep around, I mean, that doesn't make it like, that doesn't make it
1: right. I mean, it doesn't make sense. I, I don't, I don't understand that. No, this is not what I'm saying. I've seen cheating happen in different degrees. There's different levels of, of premeditation. It's not about, well, see, we're talking about sitting back and like, Oh, I can cheat if I do this this. I'm not saying that I'm saying there's different ways in which cheating happens, all right, and so some of it could be in certain ways, I think marriage increases the likeliness of cheating because there's so many women and men who feel like because they made this commitment and they have. These children, all these kind of things, that is what gives them the feeling that they are trapped and they can't get out. And w- I feel like that. Can I, I mean, if, like a
0: person. Oh, oh, you're saying that yeah. now, bro? Like, it's, I, I feel like that. That's the that's the makings of a person who has like low moral character.
1: That's not what. Let me uh, let me finish. So, because they have all these obligations. Right? Because we know how life happens. Dude's working all the time. I'm doing my part. I'm getting the bread. You know what I'm saying? Wife is taking care of the kids. She's she's doing the kids. And eventually they become like two different independent things working, right? And like like the one example was given was talking about how like the, the one woman was taking care of her kids that was her role. And after her kids got older and didn't need mom as much, and dad was still out here doing what he has been comfortable doing getting the bread and all that, she kind of lost her value. And then some sometimes through all long, long term relationships, like, you kind of loot that that spark can come and go, right. And so I feel like when you feel like you're stuck within Something because all your commitments, I feel that yearning to feel free again and to feel acknowledged by someone can increase. Um, So in some ways, I feel like marriage can actually help to make that more of a thing. You know what I mean? That's part of why I don't really respect marriage. You know what I'm saying? Personally. But like... Not that I don't respect marriage, but I don't respect the institution of marriage. Like it doesn't mean anything to me, um, because I I personally feel like there's more negative things that come within the positive if you don't want children. Like children change everything. You know what I'm saying? Um, because to me, what ma- the institution of marriage is is that over the course of a, a relationship, you know, you may you have you may have a healthy and viable relationship for six months, six years, sixty years, your whole life. Um, and there may be a point in time where that relationship isn't healthy and viable anymore. So you know what happens when that happens? At any given time, those people oftentimes agree to move in separate ways. You And you, you deal with the pain and, and the loss, however you do it and you move on. To me, marriage, as an institution is something that you build around you to, to prevent that from being an option, to make it more difficult from being an option. And in my mind, the only logical reason why you wanna, you, you would want to prevent that from being a viable option is for the betterment of children because you're placing their needs and their, their stability over your individual needs. If you don't want kids, like I don't, then I'm, I, I, to me, log, marriage isn't logical at all. It just doesn't make sense. I'm not saying I'm not anti-marriage because I'm not gonna let m- my aversion of marriage stop me from being with someone who I think is incredible that I'm in love with. But like, it ain't gonna be my goddamn idea. So, yeah, like, fuck everything you just
0: said, bro. I hear what you're saying. I'll I'll start there. I hear what you're saying, and I I definitely agree to some extent. Whenever you whenever you're saying if you don't have kids, I don't understand marriage. I mean, I was having whenever I was talking to Jonas about this, I was like, I feel like if you don't have kids, I mean, marriage should really be like a contract, like a ten year contract or seven year contract that you revisit at the end, and then it's like, yo, let's do an evaluation and take inventory. Of like this last few years and see if this is viable if we want to renew this thing. therefore it's not and then marriage. if not how uh, would you say it's not marriage as we know it but i'm but that's what exactly but that's what i'm saying but i mean that's why divorce exists because everyone's not shouldn't be married or shouldn't be in something that they can't handle so i mean that's why most marriages end up like what they say over 50 percent of marriages end up in divorce i mean there's a reason for that because people realize that they shouldn't be together but that doesn't mean that you cheat on the person that you're with, because I mean if you're not supposed to be together, then leave. But
1: I'm what I'm saying is that mistakes over the course of relationship happen. I don't know why we are
0: Bro, that's a lot of mistakes to get to that
1: point though. Not necessarily. You there's so many different ways to get laid, bro. There's difference between having an affair and having uh what's the what's a rendezvous, a fling. a fling. Like, there's there's a strong difference between those things. Like, for real. Especially for women, because women can get laid whenever they want. You know what I'm saying? Like, because there's always dudes trying to holler. You know what I'm saying? And then... Yeah, but, but here's the thing, man. If you, in those
0: instances, mm-hmm. if you can go about your business of, you know, getting laid or whatever by someone who's not your significant other who you made this commitment to or whatever and you can do that without without considering the way that they would feel, or you consider the way that they would feel, and you still do it, then how much do you really care about that person?
1: You can care about like them all you, life. Cause, no,
0: not really, because, cause, but I mean, that, but but honestly, that makes you a very selfish person no. because you're putting your, yes, it fucking does, because you're putting your own carnal desires over the
1: emotions of someone, of someone that you claim to love. I feel like People do it all the time. You do things that your partner wouldn't approve of and wouldn't like you to do all the time. Or not all the time. There, t- People often do things that their partner wouldn't approve of on their own time. And they do it, they don't tell their partner about it, and they move on. You know what I'm saying? Not. It's not just sex. It could be smoking weed. It could be masturbating. It could be watching porn. It could be like... Like a whole bunch of things, sexual and non-sexual. I think for whatever reason, we are so transfixed on this being the scarlet. Like if you do this, well, yeah, well, it's well, I mean, but at rap. the same
0: time, because well, you're breez, because you're bringing an entirely different person into the mix. Like if you smoke weed behind your your spouse's back, I mean, yeah, she may not like that, but it's not like a complete betrayal of her trust because it's not like she i mean there's there's no there's not going to be any collateral damage in terms of the way that they feel about themselves because you smoke weed behind her back or you know you spend some money that you weren't supposed to spend Uh,
1: she might be saying i can't trust you i you're good but
0: but at the same time she's not going to be like what am i not doing for you that you have to go and smoke this weed like i'm like oh i'm not getting you high enough like what
1: the fuck man i mean there's a a, a difference between a personal issue that she doesn't have a confidence in that. Niggas cheat all the time and they're completely happy. The wife ain't do shit wrong. And what you're saying, you're assuming that this person finds out. If this dude goes go goes have so, sex so, with a so, prostitute. So, so, so
0: basically what you're telling me is, you know, what would you attempt to do if you knew you couldn't fail? <laughs> like would you cheat if you knew you couldn't get caught?
1: What what I'm saying, I'm not saying that, but I understand I that that I understand why you brought it up. But all I'm saying is a lot of these situations happens in 95, not maybe 95, let's say 85%, maybe 90, 95% when we're talking about women who cheat, that their partners don't even find out. You know? So, like, if the harm is in that person, if if we're talking about this harm and what it brings to people, and it never comes to light, then what what is it? You know what I'm saying? I just feel like... I think think it's more of an
0: integrity thing more than anything else. Because, I mean, obviously, I mean, you had to live with yourself and some people could live with themselves. I mean, they could live with themselves without their partner ever finding out and be complacent with that. But I feel like those people also have low integrity.
1: I also feel that, like, if you do cheat, you shouldn't tell your partner about it. Personally. I feel like that's... (laughs) I feel like that's more of a, a you thing. Like, I feel like... I feel like you telling your partner is more about you. I mean, uh, and and, and you know what, man?
0: I I don't disagree with that, right? But at the same time, it's like one of those, it's one of those uh, like double-edged sword situations, right? Because I feel like no matter what you do, you're being selfish. But it all started from a selfish act. Like, you know, you meet this individual who's not your spouse that you want to have sex with for your own selfish reasons regardless of your partner's feelings okay and then after this happens you want to tell your spouse because you want to be unburdened which is also selfish but at the same time you don't want to tell her because you you don't want to tell them because of the potential fallout and how that will negatively affect you still selfish so no matter
1: what you do you're going to be selfish in the situation now let me give you the flip side okay i personally think that there's a large amount of people who cheat because they are too nice. I personally think that you 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 and your significant other can be completely great and you could still have a desire to have sex with someone else. I think we all know that. You can have a desire to. Oh uh, yeah, but I but I mean I think a lot of people have those desires. Acting on the desires is a completely different but thing. But listen, So listen, so when I say people, I think people cheat because they're too nice is because obviously that desire can grow, right, over time. And that desire is stronger in people, certain people than others. And some of that probably even has, there's a genetic role that maybe could be in place in terms of when you talk about, libido and whatever you know what i mean so what's your biologist now bro i'm just saying it's 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 proven that that has some genetic concerns like is 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 not just learned behavior it, it has some we're all different you know we all have different drives within us uh and depending on what your partner's drive is like those needs may or may not be met but regardless All I'm saying is it's not necessarily your partner's fault because some people just, I I believe some people are maybe made to be polyamorous. I I don't, whatever the reason, I think there's a large amount of people who don't talk to their partners about those those desires they have because they know how speaking on those desires will make their partner feel. So they're like, if I tell my wife that I've been feeling these urges to have sex with someone else, she's going to internalize that and think that I'm doing something wrong. And then what happens? Because you don't have that level of communication and you're not open, it just builds a wall when you're dealing with something and fighting and you can't go to that person and talk to her about it. And then it, ends up happening. You know what I'm saying? Because the person you end up telling is the person you want to have sex with. You know what I'm saying? And so I feel like cheating is just... There's so many different aspects of why people are seduced to other people. And it it doesn't just speak to that person's integrity. It speaks to a whole facet of things. And I... I mean, I read, the. I, I suggest everybody reads The Art of Seduction because like one of the things that book does, it tells you, it gives you examples on the different kinds of people that there are and how they like to be seduced, how they seduce, the, the strategies it takes to seduce those people. But it also reminds us that even if you're a committed, in a committed relationship, just because you have an agreement at one point in time, that doesn't change the fact that you have to continually do things to seduce that person you made that commitment with. And if you don't go through that proper things and someone else comes along and, and does that and the situation is different, that union of yours ha- is potentially So shaky.
0: what I got out of that is... If you're married to someone that is keeping you from living your best life, maybe you shouldn't be with that person.
1: Or maybe you could have a conversation.
0: Or maybe, But again, if you had the conversation, you wouldn't be cheating. Like you probably have the conversation before you
1: cheated, right? Well, if you have that conversation, it could go different ways. So some people are, are afraid where that conversation could lead because, all right, listen, you could have that conversation. And that person can say, "What the fuck is wrong with you? You're fucking dirty. I I knew you weren't shit. Uh, like, what the fuck? Like, I I can't be with you. Like, just
0: then you know you that I'm you don't need to be out. with that person. I mean, listen, there you go. Hold up.
1: Listen, listen, listen. That's a risk, though. It's a risk because it could also be a person who just who just isn't able. You're not able to communicate and just doesn't deal with that level of communication well. So you try to have that level of communication with them and they're just like you're terrible blah 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 right or it could lead to a conversation let's go to counseling or it could be like well what is it let's try to get deeper like what is this thing that like, that's within you it could lead to an open relationship it could it could lead to people like for example like there was one person in the group in in, in the in this podcast right now she did it a fucked up way she got caught cheating or I don't she know she did, got she, uh,
0: she ended it then she told her husband about a month later but she and she but she held the relationship hostage cuz she basically said in order to keep this relationship happening here are my list of demands and this is after she cheated like she went she went in like a G like yeah I cheated on you but what she
1: but- should have did was had that conversation before and that's what I'm saying of, I, but listen these are the risks now you can now you can understand why people Cho- choose not to have the conversation. Because the risk is that this person blows up and leaves and destroys your family, like as you know it. Not destroys your family, but destroys the family unit as you know it, the thing that you work hard to create, this whole thing. The flip side is it could work out, y'all could reach some level of understanding. But the whole other thing is, if this person never finds out, I don't need to have the conversation. That risk never happens. So some people choose to have that, take that step. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah. And I was still questioning that perfectly. Like that shit doesn't change to me. I mean, the fact, I'm I'm sorry, if you're willing to go back on your word, I mean, because even with the woman that you're talking about in the example, like if she she said that she didn't give her husband enough credit on how he would handle this, you know, because ultimately what they decided was that they would be allowed to, that they would be married to each other And they would also be allowed to have flames with each other. And it seems like if she would have just had that conversation with him in the beginning, maybe, you know, she could have avoided feeling like shit. That could, but
1: that's a risk. It it, it could Who who gives a (laughs) shit? So was cheating cheating on your partner. That's a risk. She also could have been wrong. And this dude couldn't have handled it. And he just says, and he could have just started treating her like she was, like she wasn't shit. And- and it could be that if she would have did that and she would have if she would have said that instead of just doing what she did and then coming back to him it, it could have worked it could have worked out the whole opposite way through all the shit in their divorce like so yeah many- but she, but she
0: was risking that she was she was risking that regardless
1: no, because she also could have just cut that shit to herself and and never cheated again and been happy. Or or been miserable and still committed. And and that's the whole thing.
0: But that's the thing. She would have been miserable. I mean, and if you're miserable, then you probably shouldn't
1: be with that person. The thing is about what's leading to your misery. So they decided that they decided the thing that was leading to, to her misery, part of her misery was not that she didn't need to be with her husband, but the fact that she needed the freedom to to be outside of that to have a relationship outside of that that's a decision that can be made with it with, with with those two couples that's not but again that's but that's a decision that they made together i mean obviously
0: after the fact but that's a decision and, they made
1: together and so therefore just because she cheated doesn't mean or just because she had sex outside of her relationship does not mean that she wasn't meant to be in that relationship it does mean that she has low integrity I mean, I don't, that's just a judgment. I mean, you could judge people however the fuck you want to judge them. Like, I understand, I judge people a certain way uh, because, for example, I've had sex with a married woman before. My philosophy on that is that that's her commitment, not mine. I never feel guilty. Like, so, so there's a dude who's talking about like being like a side dude. Even with like, girl, like if I'm like the side dude with a woman who was in a committed relationship, I'm like, that's your commitment, not mine. So like, that's some shit you got to deal with. I don't feel no fucking guilt. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, Well,
0: I mean, on your end, and I mean, so I guess this kind of goes into the next topic of, you know, have you ever been the person that, you know, someone's cheated on their significant other with? And I mean, I may have, actually, I know I have. And you're right. I, I don't feel guilt for that. I've never dealt with a married individual. I've dealt with someone who called themselves, you know, in a committed relationship with their boyfriend or whatever. But again, like you said, that's your commitment. That's not mine. I mean, that's that's your guilt to feel. That's not mine. I don't feel guilty for going about my life. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I, I didn't make a commitment. I didn't make any vows. I didn't make a promise to anyone not to, you know, cheat on them or just to stay faithful to them. Like, that's not... That has nothing to do with me. So I completely understand. I mean, I I wouldn't have dealt with a married woman. I don't think I would, because, again, like I said, the stakes are higher. So I think the person who is on the other side of that marriage, if they were to find out, they're more likely to act out in a more egregious fashion than just someone who is their boyfriend. I know that's not completely true, but I mean, that's that's my that's my thinking, you know, because so much can kind of go up in smoke there. Opposed to if they're just you know I don't want to say casually dating because that you know gives a that that doesn't tell the full story but yeah I mean I've been the other the other dude before and I mean it it meant nothing to me
1: you know I mean I've I'm, so when you were the other dude did you feel that that woman that you had sex with had low integrity I didn't feel anything because that wasn't my limit to be in.
0: Like, and even if I did, I mean, it doesn't matter. That's not my commitment. You know, I mean, you deal with someone with low integrity, but I'm not asking her to co-sign a loan for me. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I mean, it's like her integrity doesn't really mean, doesn't mean a ton in that instance. I mean, specifically depending on what you're in that relationship for. In the times where I was the like the uh, the dude on the side or whatever, I mean, it was mainly just physical. I mean, there was, was there ever any women that I had um, more what you would call an emotional affair with not really, you know, and not, not for long, you know, I mean, because I think the more those draw on, I think, you know, that's whenever you can kind of get yourself into even more trouble. Cause I mean, I think you're more likely to get caught whenever you, you end up in those type of um, relationships or affairs. So nah, man, like I said, I don't, that's, you know, that's, that's not for
1: me to do. I mean, lastly, I, well, I, I shouldn't say lastly, but, The other reason why I don't see cheating necessarily as a reflection of integrity is because so much of it has to do with psychology and people's desire to just... A relationship requires you to know that person's Not know know it, because you never really know exactly what's going on in somebody else's head. But a relationship requires you to meet some needs, and those needs are a reflection of psychology that is a reflection of their development from a young child to... Parental stuff, disappointments from former lovers, uh, personal self-esteem, and all those things also go to what that person needs and may look for to be provided. And if, and if at some point in your relationship, that falls off um, and someone else meets that need. That shit happens. That's that's part of why being in a relationship requires a certain level of vulnerability. A situation may happen where the way you're built and the way that person is built, over time, you may they, that person may not be satisfied by just you. Um, and I just sometimes you got to just take it on the chin. Like some dudes just don't do the shit that that is needed to keep their woman happy and vice versa. Or sometimes it's not about them doing anything to keep anybody happy. Some women just require so much attention because based on their, their makeup and all that kind of stuff, their psychological makeup. So you just got to realize, if is that what you're willing to, to risk? Because you know that this person is at risk to be seduced by someone who may give them would they perceive to be authentic? See, um,
0: even then, it kind of sounds like you're talking about like personal responsibility. Because if you, cause oftentimes, how often do you hear that someone cheated on someone else because they weren't doing what they used to do in a relationship or they lost themselves or whatever? Or there are people who got cheated on and then all of a sudden they changed the way they were. And you know, like, for instance, like, you know, someone gets married and then one of the spouses gets out of shape So the other spouse cheats on them because they're not making any attempt to, you know, be seductive or they are not putting any attempt into the relationship. So the other person goes out and they find someone who does take an interest in them. And then after that, the person who was out of shape all of a sudden gets into shape and then they, you know, either leave the relationship or they find someone to, you know, cheat back on this person with. And it's like, yeah, but. You know, you have responsibility in this person's action, this person's actions, because you didn't do what you're supposed to in the first place. But at the same time, I feel like the person who cheated in the first place has a responsibility to the other person to let them know, like, hey, you know, you're really taking me for granted. D- these things need to happen, or you know, we really need to revisit this relationship.
1: And that's when it comes. It just it comes down to are you able to effectively communicate, it. and and some people are are not.
0: But here's the thing. And I think a lot of this just comes from me being a communications major that, you know, that I feel like that is the most important part that like that, that should not be an issue when you get married. I know that it is. And I know, you know, this is like pie in the sky thinking, but I feel like if you can't talk to your significant other about anything, if you have any doubts, like before you get married, if you, if there's something that you want to go up to your significant other and say, and you feel like you can't say it, then, you know, you I mean, you probably shouldn't be with that person or you shouldn't be with that person yet. But because for me, I I even, I think about my situation and like, I can't even, I can't even imagine like cheating on Amanda for a lot of reasons. Like, even if me, because me and her, we've had a lot of bad times. I mean, you, everyone does, man, you go through it. That's just what a relationship is, man. There's ebbs and flows. But at the same time, I can never think about that because I think about how that affects her, how that affects me. Um, and you know, lo- like possibly losing her trust. I mean, how often do you hear people say, oh, well, you know, he cheated on me, but we stayed together. We've been together for two years, but I don't trust them or like other or some, or the person who cheated, like, yeah, I cheated that one time, but now, you know, she always wants to check my phone or she's just calling this person behind me, or she's always accusing me of being out having sex with someone because she doesn't trust me. Like in, in a position that I'm in, like I've always had jobs where I, I come and go as I please. Um, you know, I, I deal with, I like, I, I go to lunch with a lot of women, I have a lot of women clients. Um, I, I can be, I can leave my, my, I can leave my job. I can come back and go home. I come back. I can go to the gym, come back and do whatever I want. So it's really in, in Amanda is aware, this. me and her, we've had this conversation. She's like, she's like, you realize that, you know, based on like the job that you have and the freedom you have, you can really be out here doing whatever you want. And the fact is, I don't want to give her a reason to ever think that that's actually what's going on. So if I ever cheated on her or something like that, like it'll, we never get the trust back. Especially with like, like I said, with the type of job I have and the type of well, lifestyle I
1: live, it just, it just wouldn't work. Yeah, I don't want to say this, but if she ever found out you cheated on her, you wouldn't get the trust back. And and but the reason why I say say this is not, and I I, don't, I really don't feel right saying it in reference to your relationship but the reason why i say this is to understand for you to understand that that is a real possibility when people take these actions is that most of these time most of the examples that we heard in the podcast it took to tell them because the other person didn't find out tell them right but so I,
0: i guess and this is this is my counter to that right if i can do that knowing how she would feel even if she wouldn't find out, but just like in this hypothetical world where you know, if she, like she did find out, like if I if I knew that I could betray her trust and just be okay with her not knowing like this thing happened, then again, that's still I, I feel like that says a lot about you as a person, and I'm not, and like I said, I'm not comfortable being that person.
1: Well, you you you, what you really feel is that that is against your integrity. That is against your brand of integrity, which you feel like um a person what you what you feel like is a reflection of who you are and the person that that you strive to be like it's it's a violation of that not
0: not only that but i think that you know you have to be mature enough to understand like hard truths you know because if me and Amanda got to the point where we couldn't talk to each other, I mean, there's times where we we don't speak because you know we get upset with each other. But if we ever get to a point where we can't talk to each other because we're so, you know, frustrated in this marriage that we don't think it's gonna work, I mean, you have to be able to have that conversation where it's like, yeah, this isn't gonna work, and if it's not gonna work, this is what's gonna happen. I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I guess I don't, I don't understand the point of having to sneak around to do something. If I mean, you should just you should just have the conversation. You know what I'm saying I know it's a hard conversation to have, but I mean that that's just the way I feel,
1: Kyle. But you are you aware that there are people find having those conversations extremely more difficult than other people? Oh, I'm aware of that,
0: but those people also got married, and it's their obligation to have that conversation.
1: Well, I'm just saying. So if you're aware that like some people.
0: I'm telling you from I'm like I said I'm just telling you that's my perspective that's my opinion all we have right now is our opinions of the situation I mean me and you are sitting know, on I'm, you know different ends of this but
1: in I know I'm just I'm just trying to I'm just trying to I'm just trying to literally I'm not I'm just literally trying to walk through this so you're aware that some people really struggle having conversations like that though like just 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 the aspect of all the the ways that that conversation can go is more intimidating to certain people than others. Mm -hmm. Like, would you agree? Like there's certain people who are just like, oh, like, yo, like there's certain people who just never could have, they could have a conversation with their boss about wanting to leave. You know, like there's some people who just aren't, um, they're more passive aggressive. That's, That's just who certain people are. And so I feel like people with those kind of personality types are not equipped. And there's certain people who aren't even equipped. They're not afraid to have the conversation, but they're not equipped to execute and speak on those feelings effectively. And so when they go through that calculation um, based on either their fears or lack of comfort and their lack of uh, capability, they may elect just to do something and keep it a secret. And I I, f- I feel like that is why such a large percentage or or group of people find themselves in a relationship. I mean, in in a extramarital or extra um, whatever you want to call it for people who aren't married, an outside relationship with somebody. Yeah. Um, well, I mean,
0: ultimately, man, after everything that I said, man, I understand how people can get led to cheat. I mean, or feel like they're in a position where you know they would do that. I mean, I know people who cheated on their significant others, man. I mean, I talk. I mean, I don't really think that much differently of them. Like you said, like you know, people. Who you know you could trust with your money, you could trust them with your kid, you could trust them you know to do everything except be faithful to their wife I mean you know i I think I told you before, man, I trust people to be who they're gonna be, you know, and most people show you who they are, and you know most people's marriages have absolutely nothing to do with me, so even though I think that it's an, you have an issue with integrity if you are actively cheating on your spouse it's it's like whenever you're the other when you're the other man like you know that doesn't necessarily have anything to do with me but at the same time you have to think like if this person is willing to you know cheat on the person who you know they said that they love more more than anything in the world like i mean you know how how much can you how much faith can you really put in this individual
1: yeah and that's and that's where i I won't that's where i i know too many good people who have cheated you know what yeah. i'm saying like And so that's where I won't take it to that step. That's why I won't make it necessarily integrity because that is such a blind spot. And, and, And so much of that has to do with like, I feel like the things that, the complications of humans, like I feel like all seduction and romance and continued romance is based on a certain level of illusion. We talk about these things of complete honesty and all that kind of stuff, but that doesn't exist, nor should it, because it. W- if it did, we would be dealing with hurt feelings and, and stuff all the time, and so um, because of that, that illusion balance with the individual needs that are given to us by both nature and society. I feel like sometimes it just creates, um, a situation where that has happened and that's been happening. That's since, since the beginning of time, you know, like even if you, I mean, you know, I'm not, I'm not, I I probably shouldn't quote the Bible since I really don't believe in it, but like, um, even in biblical times, you have people like David, who were great servants of God, um, who had this Achilles heel. Yeah, but know? I don't think
0: he was married. Whenever he was hooking up with Bathsheba, she was married, and she got and he got her husband murdered. So, I mean, he was the other man in that case. But well, King Solomon was wasn't King Solomon like that. I think too? he just had a lot of wives. I mean. I think that was like a more polygamous relationship.
1: Well, <laughs> well that's 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 against. You know what I mean? That's like, that was against. Uh, at least, I mean, the Christian thing, things Christian have
0: religion. changed, bro. Things have changed, but uh, <laughs> but you <all, laughs> old things being serious, man. I understand that. I mean, I know I, I I mean it seemed like I was taking this like hard line or whatever, but I understand that things can happen, man. I mean... Cheating happens? That's what you understand? <laughs> I mean, but I'm saying, I mean, I understand how that can happen, man, because I know there are people who are in really bad situations or who have been in bad situations who have looked for comfort with another person. And, you know, I don't... Depend on, like, some of the situations, like, I I haven't... I don't blame them for that, and I don't see them any differently. But whenever... Like, what I spoke about before is, like, if you're actively doing it, if you're not... It's not one person. It's not, like, one fling that you had. If you're actively sneaking behind your partner's back to do something and like it's a continuous thing then that's what i'm just like yo what was it what's, what's the point of your marriage What's the point of your relationship other than to like keep up appearances
1: before we close this out i, I do want to say i think there and i th- they reference this in the podcast there is a collective assumption on how we expect people to respond to cheating and, and that's not that's just that's on men and women's side, and so I think as a society, people collectively assume that it's going to be a deal breaker, assume it's going to be a heartbreaker, and all that kind of stuff. And it, it not nece- it, it's not necessarily that it will be that. And what I was trying to say early when I was comparing cheating to elevating that over certain sins is because there's more harmful. Something that you can do within a relationship can be way more harmful than cheating, but people just put this incredible focus on that and make that the marker for integrity, you know where oftentimes what happens in relationship is like a a beating down a confidence you know that that can happen i i I've been privy firsthand in marriages where like just there's a total lack of respect and emasculation happens or and vice versa where like you know people just are felt are made to feel like servants you know and like I feel like all these things are different aspects of what can go wrong in a marriage For some reason, we feel that if just we can stay faith, people stay faithful, then it wasn't as bad as if someone was out here who had a who who did all not all who did many of the right things, and that was their flaw.
0: See, but I think, but I I think the I think the difference with that is that the reason why cheating is kind of put on this pedestal or whatever or people talk about it as this, you know, great sin is just because it's something that probably happens more than what you're speaking of. Like the conversation we we're having is, you know, cheating in a vacuum, you know, like cheating in like in terms of just this generic relationship, not in terms of, you know, someone being, you know, physically, mentally or emotionally abused and then, you know, finding some other way out. We're we're talking in like what what would seem to be a relatively a healthy relationship and someone cheating on someone just because they had, they wanted to fulfill their own needs, not necessarily because of, you know, some inside or outside pressure that is, you know, potentially harmful for the person. So, I mean, I I completely understand where you're going with that, but that's not the conversation we were having. And, and I just want to clear that up.
1: Well, I don't know if cheating happens more than that.
0: But I'm saying, but I said that that's what's more advertised. You know, what I mean, that's what more people are aware of. That's what more people are know about. That's more. That's what more people are more likely to talk about. I was listening to the Breakfast Club, their interview with Angela Simmons, like Reverend Run's daughter, yeah. and she was talking about how you know she was in an abusive relationship and she just couldn't find a way to talk about it. You know, so I mean, those things probably do go on, but they're they're behind the scenes. You know, some people are frightened about what happens if people find that out. And, you know, and sometimes the person in the relationship who's being abused is embarrassed about the situation. But as far as like getting cheated on, it's almost so commonplace. They make movies about it. You know, they make a lot of movies about it. It happens in a lot of movies. Forgetting Sarah Marshall is based around this guy who got cheated on and how he coped with being cheated on. So I think it's more normal to talk about being cheated on or cheating on someone than, you know, getting then, and it's less, and it's more comfortable to talk about than, you know, physical abuse or mental abuse in a relationship.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, to, and I would say that's the problem. I, yeah. I I I feel like the fact that that's so, it's so highlighted and the other things are not, and there's so many things that are wrong that can be emotionally damaged and, and, and can be passed on from generation to generation where our daughters are are taught to to accept some of the the negativity and and some of the uh, dismissiveness that is seen as masculinity like to, that is just as harmful if not more than your father having a, having sex you know, with a with a secretary or, or a rando on a trip and not telling anything about it. You know what yeah. I'm saying?
0: Yeah, but unfortunately, sometimes those things go hand in hand because, I mean, there's times where, you know, someone who is so dismissive of a relationship that they will cheat, but at the same time, they're also disrespectful to the person that they're cheating on in a lot of different ways. So, I mean, it's not just that, you know, he had, you know, sex with a random on the business trip. It's, he had a sex with a random on his business trip, and he's completely disrespectful to my mother whenever he's home. Yeah, I mean,
1: yeah, two things definitely can be true. Yeah,
0: I mean, but, but I mean, that's not something we have to get too much into. I mean, as as much as I thought this conversation was going to be solid, and it, it I think we had a really good conversation here. I mean, I think we uh, disagreed and um, opposed each other more than I, more than I thought. I mean, it's already run longer than I thought.
1: <laughs> but last thing, the, the, you know, the interesting thing about this whole conversation that we just had- was that? Is that it's coming from someone who's been cheated on. <laughs> like, the my I've been cheated on, you know what I'm saying? And then the person who cheated on me went on to marry the person that they cheated on me with. So I- That is perspective, it's, man. <laughs> it's kind of ironic that I'm the one who is freaking giving, the uh perspective of someone who cheats so we talk about integrity and all that kind of stuff but like you can fail at seduction and keep all the integrity in the world yeah. you know what i'm saying like, yeah. just, <laughs>
0: that is true that's true
1: yeah <laughs> and, and so one of the main thing one of you, one of the things you said it was like doing the things that you used to yeah. do and but that also can be the fucking problem like the but same. again,
0: to go back to uh, to go back to Kadeem and Duvall,
1: you got to communicate that shit. <laughs> <laughs> well, but that but that's the thing about the artist's deduction. Sometimes people communicate shit, and it's the opposite of what they want, and they want they don't even know what they want. It's it's so fucking crazy, and you know that you know. Like girls say they want some shit, and they really don't. And like, it's like this whole little mind fuck. And one of like the key things, and this is going to sound a little weird, I shouldn't have said, but like, it's like not listening to what the person says. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, like because, and, and, but one of the things, like when it, when it comes to like doing those things you should do, like, yeah, you do something, attract some attention, blah, blah, blah. But the worst thing you ever can do, the cardinal sin, is a routine. Yeah. So you start doing those things and you like, oh, this is the thing I, I make sure. I put a mark on my account. The moment that things feel stale. Like it's a routine and stale, it's just it's it's literally a natural human thing. It just happens. And that and that is like it's like a part when we talk about integrity and, and agreement and don't break it, that to me, that is just like a um, it's mad binary and black yeah. and white. But to me, seduction and love and passion is this colorful thing that's always moving. And you got to it's there's an art to kind of keep it keeping that shit alive.
0: See, but, you know, you know, the thing about that is, man, and in my mind, that's really what marriage is. Right. Because marriage is evolving. I mean, marriage is like the ultimate board game video game it's the ultimate challenge in life man because you have to live with another person who is a completely separate individual from you and you have to figure out how this person works they have to figure out how you work you have to figure out how you guys work together and in and at the same time you're adding more people to your dynamic you go from a dyad to a triad that you know even more more individuals involved in your relationship you have to find out how to survive you have to figure out How this person is growing. I mean, are you guys growing together? You growing apart. And what ways are you growing together? You know, what things does she like that she didn't like before? What they I mean, you know, before, whenever we first met, Amanda didn't like flowers. But, you know, every now and then I would just bring her flowers and, you know, she liked getting them. It's not that she likes flowers, she likes the act of getting something thoughtful. And I feel like that is the duty, that's every husband and wife's duty is to figure out how do because I don't want to say how do I make this person happy because I actually heard this quote uh, or read this quote, I believe it was from like Will Smith. That's your like, responsibility you know, it's not my-
1: to make them happy, right? Yeah it's,
0: yeah, it's not my responsibility to make her happy. Yeah. You know, that self is it's her responsibility to make her happy. Yeah. You know, like, uh, like how selfish are you to put that responsibility on someone else? But it's your responsibility to at least create this entity in which she can be happy in, mm-hmm. you know, because if you hate your job, But you are a happy person. You can't be happy at your job, you know, and that's kind of the way I see the relationship It's like, you know, if you hate your relationship that can detract from you being a happy person. So how do you create this relationship? How do you create this entity, this situation, this environment in which both you can be happy and both of you thrive, you know, and it takes a lot of effort. I think where people mess up is they don't they don't know how much effort they should put into it because, you know, some relationships are only for a season. You know, you probably shouldn't salvage every relationship because, I mean, sometimes the time does pass. But there are people who you feel like you're supposed to be with that you can't live without. And you have to decide, how do I make this work? Like, you're going through this rough patch. It's up to you to work with this individual to decide, like, Yo, why were we together in the first place? And is this sustainable? And if it is sustainable, then there's, you know, there's an answer to this puzzle. Yeah, You feel me? Yeah. And I guess, and like, that's the way I feel because there's a lot of times where me and Amanda, we've had rough patches where, like I said, we just have not talked to each other. But at the end of the day, that's the person I plan to spend the rest of my life with. And I have to figure out how to make her happy. And with with me also being happy, I know I'm not going to get everything I want, but at the same time, I, I'm not supposed to have everything I want. I mean, I think yeah. that's like that's part true. of the human condi- that's part of the human condition that people don't understand is like, just because you want things that doesn't mean that you're supposed to have them. You know, and once you kind of realize that, you know, the things that you I mean, you'll f- you'll figure out what you actually need. And the things that you need are generally in that person that you end up with. And that's how I feel. And if you feel that way, that's why I think it's you're
1: such a fucking family man, bro. Hey
0: man, I mean, it it just is what it is. But yeah, like I said, man. So I mean, that's just the way that I view it, man. And um, for the record, I've been cheated on before in like a relationship. That was boyfriend, girlfriend thing. I think I might have been in college. And when it happened, I didn't care. We broke up, but I kept sleeping with her. So it was just like. Oh, that's the best. I, I mean, because at that point, you know what you want out the relationship. You know what I'm saying? I mean, you know, it, you know, who cares? <laughs> but I actually,
1: man. Well, you know what's crazy? Yeah, was, uh, I, I know you might be trying to move on, but yeah. the, the crazy thing is it's part of the reason why I'm not like relationship prone mm-hmm. is like when I'm not in a relationship, I know that the girl is spending time with me cause she really wants to like, and she's having sex with me cause she really wants to like, opp- like opposed to like, opposed to like serving a duty.
0: Or yeah, or like fulfilling or fulfilling an obligation.
1: Yeah, and that maybe that has maybe that has something to do with me psychologically, where I kind of like need that. You know what I mean? Like I I, I search for that, but like there's something about honesty. I just I, I love honesty so much, and I realize sometimes in order to keep um uh, some uh, a relationship moving in, in the best way, you sacrifice honesty. Um, but when when you when you don't owe, when no that person doesn't owe you an obligation, um, and they're spending time and doing activities with you, it, it gives me like like, oh, this is real. This is you know what I mean like we we here cause we wanna be, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Nah,
0: I know I understand that. And I think if more people understood that in marriage they would know when to give their partner space because I feel like if everyone had like the appropriate amount of space in relationships, they would appreciate each other's presence a lot more. Cause it's like, I'm here because I feel like I need to be here because you want me here, but I don't really want to be like, you know, it feels like an obligation to be around where it's like, man, I could be doing something else instead of just sitting here, just staring at you or just watching TV. I could be more productive. You know, I think if more people realize like, yo, I mean, I like, your presence, but you know, you don't necessarily need to be present. I, I think that would I I think that would actually introduce more of the honesty. Well, that even you're
1: deeper about. than that, I I think maybe my beef with marriage is be, is because we've made this commitment to be with each other forever. Like, yeah. I I really can't trust shit. Cause it's like <laughs> yo. We, I'm about to be with this motherfucker forever. Like, you know what I mean? Let let me make sure he feels this kind of way. let's get, it. Just becomes this myriad myriad of of smoke and mirrors. Like that's I guess that's the thing. That's my general feeling. Like that's my general reaction yeah. to marriage.
0: I understand that, but I guess like my counterpoint would be marriage is what allows you or put you in a position to do the work. And it allows you to discover whether or not you're meant to do the work.
1: Do what, when you say you do what I'm kind saying? of
0: work. Like on the relationship. Because you said that, you know, since you're with this person forever, you're, you know, you kind of feel trapped by the obligations or the, um, the, the specter of, you know, obligations mm-hmm. or, you know, these duties. But for me, I feel like people who aren't married who go through rough patches it's a lot easier to leave and you know that could be a good thing or a bad thing because you can leave because but but again it's not always a good thing though because sometimes i mean it's a good thing in in the case where it's like you know well yeah (laughs) yeah i mean probably but at the same time there might be like how many times have you heard of someone who broke up with someone because they're going through a hard time and then like a year later like man i really wish that I would work that out, you know, and I feel like marriage is kind of that that faculty that kind of helps you do the work. I mean, like you said, you know, I mean, I know you kind of view it as, you know, you're forced into this. Because to me,
1: the connection is what makes you do the work, not marriage. Marriage symbolizes the connection.
0: But some people have Boost Mobile, bro. Like the connection isn't always consistent. Yeah you know, I mean, sometimes your connection goes out. I mean, sometimes you're just not hitting on the same page, man. There's times that you think that you're on the same page and you're just not, but you need something like beyond that to make yeah. sure that you, you know, you stay on the line for whenever you get out the tunnel. And when you're out the tunnel, you, you, you reconnect. I mean, and that's, I mean, I feel like marriage is that thing that keeps you on the phone waiting for this other person to get out the tunnel, get off the elevator, whatever. Kids are, are that. Again, you're, Again, I and mean, that's not always that's, the case. That's, that's, I've, I've, had more, that's,
1: I've had more marital disputes. Huh? I feel like that has to do with our personal preferences. Like, I feel like yeah. marriage. Oh, for, okay. Okay. So you're saying for you, that's kids. Kids or, or a deep ass connection. And I feel like for you, that it could be marriage or kids. You know what I'm saying?
0: Oh, was I supposed no. to respond to that? Yeah. Um, no. <laughs> yeah. But nah, like I said, man, I think we both have I think man, I think we've both expressed our point very succinctly and clearly in this um in this segment that lot that lasted way longer than I thought, bro. We're definitely cutting up
1: No, I don't think we should cut out none of this shit. I think we should cut off everything else we talked about and make that shit
0: I'm saying that we're probably going to cut out that Uber shit. We're going to cut out those... Um, like I'm, I'm going to leave this part in that we're talking about cutting stuff out. So whenever people listen to this, they're going to be like, what? They had a whole segment on Uber? <laughs> yeah, facts.
1: <laughs> facts.
0: So let's take this break and we'll wrap it up.
1: And ladies, if you ever do decide to cheat, you want to make sure that you don't cheat with a stinky poom poom you need to go to gentle lady wash that's g-n-t-l-e lady wash or g-n-t-l wash.com check them out they're on instagram they're on facebook they got the website Make sure your Pum Pum is smelling good so that man of your dreams or maybe the guy that's not the man of your dreams, but that crept in can make sure that Pum Pum is treated excellent.
0: All right, so we're um, back from the break. Um, we had a, a really long discussion about uh relationships and cheating i hope that you guys enjoyed it but you know this podcast is about a lot more than that so just as far as our overall views of the podcast i'll let golden start what did you think
1: um so we both listened to six episodes i thought one was extremely great and that was one we spent a long time talking about um the other ones varied um So, on a scale of one to ten, I would probably give it a six and a half, I would say.
0: Well, I mean, you know, six and a half, that's above average.
1: Yeah, yeah. Like, I I think it's above average. In terms of my, my, like, thoughts about it is if you kind of, like, are a TED Talk kind of person or NPR kind of person... You're definitely going to vibe with this podcast. Lack of a better term, even though, and this is coming from a black male perspective. Like, this is like a kind of white liberal women's wet dream kind of like podcast. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, so like, I could just see Allie McBeal, like, listening to this shit. (laughs) 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 When her music is Uh done playing in her head. Like she's she's transitioning from like the music in her head to like listening to podcasts. I could definitely see um, her vibing with this. Um, and even though my sister is not a white liberal woman, I can see my sister listening to this kind of stuff because she has white liberal woman views uh, on a lot of things. <laughs> All right. Um, so yeah, what about you? Um, scale of one to ten. I mean, it's difficult,
0: right? Because like you said, it it. It varies. And I think that you would like it depending on the topic. I went through their um, episode list and I was just kind of scrolling through and they have, you know, an episode with Maharshala Ali, Trevor Noah. They got um, topics about drinking and porn and when to t- how to tell someone that you gave them an STD and being on parole. Just like things that would be generally interesting. But there are also podcasts that we listen to about bill collecting and Uber. And interviews with people I didn't care about. So I think that they probably do a really good job or this, this podcast and the host and sale does a really good job on topics that I'm interested in listening to. But whenever it's a topic I'm not interested in listening to, I mean, you know, I think I'll, I'll be completely turned off and don't want to listen to it. So I, I would probably give it more of a five just because of that that wide disparity between you know things i like and don't like um regarding the podcast
1: that is that is very well said and i think maybe that's the difference between uh this podcast and people like maybe like a joe rogan or uh even like sometimes like the breakfast clubs they they be having people i have no idea no interest topics i have no interest in talking about and they make that shit exciting even npr sometimes they be talking about like sewage plants or some shit and i'll just be like oh this is intriguing
0: yeah and you know what man that's not even knock on a host because i think the host is good at what she does she
1: She is great yeah
0: man she answered she asked a lot of good questions a lot of good follow-up questions i mean even in the cheating episode she was um she like she was asking one person about uh why they thought that they were the other man you know and that's a question that i was kind of curious about too and i've in we didn't get into this, but you know, he was overweight. He was saying that it was a uh, superficial reason. Like he was the other man because, you know, women who were in relationships were more interested in, you know, his ability to be vulnerable, but you know, they probably didn't want to be seen with him or whatever.
1: Cause he was like, he was, he was like, you know, they, they want a man who's six foot four and muscular. And she said, well, how tall are you? And he's like, <laughs> six foot one, exactly. I'm like, All yeah. right, and, he like and, and he was like, and she said, and he was like, three hundred pounds. How you weigh? He's like, I'm actually happy to say that I lost about forty pounds. He lost forty five pounds. I'm, yeah. I'm down to two ninety ninety five or whatever. And I'm like, bro, dog. <laughs> there's lots of. I mean, maybe you don't like fat women. You know what I'm saying? But there's yeah. other women who are six foot and two hundred ninety pounds. <laughs> Exactly.
0: Nah, no, but I mean, you know, and that's what I appreciated about her is because there's a lot of times you listen to interviews and they'll get a response from the person they're interviewing. And, you know, you have a follow up question in your head like, man, I really hope they go into this and they never do. But that's one thing I can say about this podcast is that whenever she did, inter- whenever Anna did interview people, she um she always asked not always, but for the most part, she asked the follow-up question that elicited the response that you wanted to hear. And um, I, I think that you know she's a she's a great
1: host. And she um, asks great questions. Like one thing I will say about her is that she asks questions that make the point. Like for example, like um, when the lady was talking about the bill collecting, and then she asked. Yes well, do you owe bills now? Do you have bill collectors? Are you paying? But she never said, do you feel like it's contradictory? Like she let us do that, like through her asking those questions. And she does a great job of asking questions that allow the listener to form the conclusion um, without directly pushing people in a certain direction and without passing judgment on the people who are asking questions, I don't think I, I feel like none of these people who answered these questions felt like they were being judged by any of the questions at any point.
0: Yeah, and I think that's um just a sign of a good interviewer. I'm not sure um, if that's a, a syllogism or enthymeme. An but it's something that whoa,
1: you know, whoa 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 whoa. Let the bells go out. Boom boom boom. There is never in the history of this podcast moving forward. Going to be two back to back words, SAT words, solidified that that you're going to hear like that again. Now, drop them two words again. What was them?
0: Nah, man, it's not even worth getting into now.
1: With <laughs> since <laughs> S- to- what,
0: and what, uh, a syllogism and an enthymeme. You know, uh, they're both um, so ways of setting up arguments that lets the, the one blatantly leads the crowd to a certain conclusion. While the other introduces facts but also lets you kind of come to the conclusion yourself. And she's really she's really good at that part of that part of the interview, and I I really Bro, appreciate it. Bro, I'm that. never
1: gonna outdo that one.
0: Moving on to the usefulness of this podcast. I think I got a good one. All right. From throw pillows to a mattress, how useful is this podcast?
1: Yo. Yeah, them throw, throw pillows are just the ones that's there to look pretty and shit.
0: Exactly. All you do is take them off the bed and go to sleep. Like they have no purpose outside of aesthetics.
1: Oh, that is a good one, bro. I can't, I, I can't even knock you on that one. All
0: right, all right.
1: I'll take it. Um, I will say, if the throw pillows are on the bed, right They're this podcast is about as useful as that extra warm comforter.
0: Like... Uh, you know, bro, I was thinking the exact same thing, man, because <laughs> I, was, I was like, comforter, bro. There's a comforter.
1: <laughs> but not not the top comforter, though. I'm talking about yeah. the one under that one that you use in the wintertime. You know what I'm saying? Like, the one that keeps you... I don't even know if it's a comforter, technically. Whatever. A blanket? Basically, a, the blanket. Like, I, I have one. It's like... It's like... It's thicker than a sheet. You know what I'm saying? Okay. But... It's not as uh, thick as the main comforter. It's like in between. Like a, like a quilt. Yeah. This is what this is. Because like it, it's handy half the time, like or three months out of the okay, year. Oh, that's good. And then you, that's, bro, then why don't you just go with a comforter? Because you don't use a comforter in the summer, What you do in the winter. I do. I just don't sleep on it. But yeah, <laughs> I I, mean, I sleep <laughs> on it instead of under it. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Yeah. I, I, be, yeah. You know, I mean, I don't want to go too, too personal, but I'll be out there. <laughs> man. <laughs> nah
0: man, I guess for me, man, it for me it would be a it would be a comforter because like I said, man, I use it half the year, other half I don't use it, man. I just use like a lighter blanket or something. Okay. So That was uh, a great one, bro. Hey man, I'll take it. So, I mean, what do you guys think, man? Have you guys ever listened to Death, Sex, and Money before? If you have, um, were we fair? I mean, what did you think of the host? What do you think of
1: some of the episodes? Do you have a favorite episode? Hit us back with the feedback. What do you think about our conversation on marriage? Like, who are you more aligned with? Are you more aligned with me, FRH, Golden, or my man, K Blaze? I am curious because... um, I feel like we're going to have folks tuning in on both sides. And definitely let us know what you think about the
0: cheating as well. Because, I mean, you may have a completely different take, man. You may be like Tank. Maybe you could cheat two times. Whoa. Whoa. (laughs) Whoa. I don't know if Tank cheated on anybody, I, man, bro. I'm yeah. I I wasn't gonna bring up the other thing, man. I was just I was bringing up the two time thing, man. That's, two that's times,
1: good, man. you two know what I mean. <laughs> one to see if he liked it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and one to see if he still liked it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right,
0: no, man. But uh, thanks for listening. We really appreciate it. Um, go find us on iTunes, or if you already found us on iTunes or Spotify, wherever we're at. Um, Leave a rating, five stars, leave us a review. Let us know that you love the podcast. Actually go listen to Death, Sex, and Money and tell them how you found them. Let them know that you listened to a review on them and uh, you know maybe that'll bring a little bit more traffic our way.
1: Go on and tell them how they can find us. You can find us at About Podcast on social media. That's Twitter, that's Instagram. That's wherever else we might pop up in the future. You can find me, FRH Golden at FRH412.
0: And you can find me at Mr. 2 terrific MRTrific2. That's Instagram and Twitter. Thanks for hanging out with us and listening to us. Can't wait to see you next episode.
1: I'll. I got that hookah blown smoke I just went vibing all alone Give me some time to climb my dome In the silence Just how I like it In the silence God,